Pot of gold. Good morning, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. It is Saturday, November 13th, the year of our Lord 2021. Special birthday shout out to my big sister. Happy birthday, Tosh. Also want to shout out to any veterans out there or any family of veterans. Thank you for your service. And yeah, appreciate you. You can find Ramble by the River on Facebook and Instagram at Ramble by the River and on Twitter at Ramble River Pod. If you want to reach out and suggest a guest or ask questions about the show or anything like that, you can contact us via email and that can be found in the show notes for this episode or at ramblebytheriver.com, which is kind of the central location for everything Ramble by the River. You can get links to episodes and links to donation if you want to leave a donation to support the show. All that can be found at ramblebytheriver.com. Ramble by the River is supported by the generous contributions of our listeners. For a small subscription fee, the Ramble by the River Patreon subscribers receive access to exclusive content, including bonus episodes that you cannot find anywhere else. Royal Ramblers, which is the $9.99 subscription tier, will receive a free Ramble by the River t-shirt after their third payment. I'm excited to get mine. I hope you're excited to get yours too. Shout out to Liz Hilton, our newest Patreon subscriber and former guest on the show. Thanks, Liz. All right. So I'm not feeling great today. I'm tired. I'm kind of run down, but I'm here. I'm going to get this thing done and it's going to be good. So I'm making this the gratitude episode because sometimes I just feel like shit and I need to focus on what's good in my life so that I don't spiral. I have no reason to be able to feel bad today. Absolutely none. But it's rainy and shitty outside. It's very gray. I didn't sleep great last night. I worked really hard yesterday on a project I didn't want to do and I didn't get appreciated for it the way that I expected to. And yeah, it just made me feel kind of crappy. So instead of letting that feeling just ruin my day, I'm going to record this podcast and talk about what's good in my life. You may have seen on my social media post recently that I had the honor of being a guest on Sex, Drugs, and Jesus with Devan and Hubert. Sex, Drugs, and Jesus is a cool podcast that is hosted and created by a friend of mine down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And Devannon was a guest on Ramble by the River a couple months back, and he was a riot. Go back and check out that episode if you haven't heard it, because it's a good one. One of my favorites. It turned out to be really, really fun. And he's a great dude. It's a great show. Highly recommend you go check it out. So on the episode that I did, we talked about our gratitude list. And my family has done a gratitude list for a long time. We haven't been very consistent about it lately, so I should probably get that going again. Maybe I'll do that right now. I am going to do it right now. I'll do it while we're on the podcast. So our gratitude list is a text message chain between my wife and I and our two older kids. And we will every day, each person just throughout the day sends their three things that they're grateful for. And it's, it's really fun. It feels good. And it's a good way to get engaged with the family and also to focus on the good stuff. Because it's so easy to focus on the bad stuff. We're programmed for it. If you think about it just in terms of like, you know, fulfilling our need to reproduce and moving our genes to the next generation, 
focusing on the good parts of your life is not really that helpful. Hoping for good stuff, like placing your goals on good stuff and then working towards that, that's helpful. But as far as like being appreciative of the moment you're in right now, not all that great for moving your genes into the next generation. So to kind of motivate that, our brains automatically focus on threats because if you're focused on threats, you're going to avoid them and that will keep you safe. So it just creates a situation where we are predisposed to see danger and threats and areas where we've been wronged way more likely to see those things than we are to see what's been so good in our lives and what's the good parts, what we're lucky to have. So because of that, we got to take use actual effort. You have to make a plan to focus on the good stuff. You can't just assume it's going to happen because it won't. Your natural tendency probably will lead you down the wrong path. And no matter what, no matter who you are or where you are, there are things in your life that suck and that you are probably not crazy about. And then there are other parts of it that if you think correctly, you can realize are really blessings. Everybody has good stuff going on. There's nobody who doesn't have a single good thing in their life. Because if you're alive, that's the thing. That's it. You're alive. You're lucky enough to be here, just like the rest of us. Sometimes it doesn't feel like luck. But I think that's the part of the game is real, really, really trying to remember that it is. We just, our life is a miracle. Gratitude is cool because it redirects your attention immediately towards what's good. And attention, even though it feels like we can have it spread across a thousand different things, it really only works at one thing at a time. Your attention's like a spotlight. It's going to be shining on something and you can kind of make out what's around it, but really you're focused on one thing at a time. So that's why multitasking is not a great thing to do because something that's really, really taxing on our mental systems is mode switching. So when you're trying to like do two things at once, like you're, let's say you're trying to, uh, I don't know, tile a backsplash in your kitchen, but you're also trying to teach somebody how to do something that you don't know how to do very well. That's a lot of mode switching back and forth, back and forth. You're going from teacher mode to problem solver mode to teacher mode to problem solver mode. So by the end of that activity, you're fucking toasted. But anyway, that's a side note. Um, your attention is important. So where you place your attention, that's where you place your energy. And that's what's going to, you know, get the juice. So you put it on the good stuff. Be aware of the negative stuff. Don't let yourself get eaten by a lion. But don't let that be your whole world, avoiding threats. Look for the good. Anyway, gratitude is great for that because it focuses your attention where it needs to be. We're all trying to build this narrative about who we are in the world, what the world is, what the rules of this place are. And part of that narrative is constructed by what we see, what's available to us, what our experience is telling us is going to happen in the future. So if you actively place your attention on the best parts of your life, the things that you're really happy about and that you really like, those are going to be more readily available when it comes to constructing your overall picture. And that overall picture is going to be colored by what you're focused on. If you're looking all the time for the way people have screwed you over or how you're not getting your fair treatment or whatever, all the ways that you're being victimized, that's the way you're going to see the world. And you're going to see the world as a very dangerous and untrustworthy place. But if you can acknowledge that those things are real, that people will screw you over and people will backslide on deals and betray you and do all kinds of terrible things, 
but at the same time acknowledge like, yes, that is true, but I still have these parts of my life. My reliable transportation, my good health, my loving family. These things are crucial for foundational health and wellness, uh, being a human, you know? And if you focus on that stuff, that's the way you start to see your life. Like, yeah, I, I do have a lot of my bases covered. So it's a really simple trick to kind of turn your mind around if you're feeling negative and angsty. And if you make it a daily practice, it adds up over time and it really makes a huge difference in how you see yourself in the world. So it's a good trick. Today, I am grateful for reliable transportation. If you've ever driven a junk car as your primary vehicle, it fucking sucks. It's embarrassing, but more than that, it's scary. Especially if you're a person who needs to go to work for, and you travel more than five minutes to get there. You got to have a car that you know is going to make it. So I'm so grateful that I do. My work vehicles are reliable. My personal vehicles are reliable. And I've driven junk for basically my whole life. Uh, before this current truck I purchased in 2017, I'd never driven a car that was worth more than $1,000. I don't think. No, no, I don't think I did. I've driven a ton of cars. I've probably owned 20 cars in my life. And they were all worth less than a thousand bucks. And that sucks. It's, it's scary. Every time you go somewhere, you're worried, oh, what if the car doesn't make it? What? It's like, yeah, it's, it's a really big stressor. So I'm grateful that when I get in my car, I know it's going to start. I know it's got enough gas in it to get me where I'm going. And if it doesn't, I can go buy some more. I'm not stuck in that fucking poverty cycle where you're, it's just never have enough, where you never have enough to get where you're going. What you want to do is always hard. It's another layer of bullshit in the poverty life that I don't have to deal with anymore. And I'm, I'm just endlessly grateful for that. The second thing I'm grateful for is my perspective. I feel like I have a pretty healthy perspective and just the way I'm able to kind of see these things and to see that, oh, the gratitude thing really seems to help my mental health. And just the fact my education has led me to some pretty useful tools when it comes to making sense of this world and how to operate in it. It's really easy to get sad, to get depressed, to get angry, to feel like you've been rejected or let down by people who should support and care for you. It's easy to feel like that. But it's important to remember that deep down, things are good. The sun's shining, even though you can't see it. Behind those clouds and behind that rain, the sun is still shining. There's blue sky up there. It's just not visible to you at this moment. That bit of perspective has helped me immensely to get through the harder days. I mean, sometimes you just don't have it. Sometimes the excitement of life is just not doing it for you and the juice just isn't there. I, I feel like that today, I'll be honest, uh, really bad. I don't know exactly what it is, but it probably has something to do with this piss poor weather, which is very gray. I've been really just struggling to keep my head above water on just, just, yeah, tough. I can feel that negative energy trying to grab me. And I, uh, so I have to just focus on the, on the good. And there's so much, it's, it's easy, but yeah, I'm really grateful for that. The ability to see that my life is wonderful, even when it doesn't feel wonderful for some reason. I know where the miscalculation is occurring and it's in my ability to properly see the truth. 
Because the truth is life is terrible and life is beautiful and life is short and life is long and life is a million contradicting ideas. And you have to choose which things you see and which things you connect to make your version of reality. And most people do it without thinking about it, which is dangerous. That scares me. The idea of being just a mindless automaton who just goes through life without second-guessing themselves or anything like that, that's a scary thought to me. So I'm grateful for my perspective. And finally, the number three thing that I'm grateful for today is you. If I didn't have you, I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't have an outlet. I wouldn't have a place where I could put these thoughts. A place where I could put the thoughts where they don't have to just bounce around in my head. And I can let them kind of air out. It feels genuinely better. When I'm done with these podcasts, especially these ones that are kind of like, I don't feel it today. I don't feel the juice. I feel better. I was, I don't even know why. It's just like, it's helpful. So thank you. I know I don't have a huge audience and I don't even need a huge audience. Just have an audience that is here listening and cares about me and I care about them. It's, it's a very, very good relationship. So thank you so much. I appreciate the hell out of you. My guest today is an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a creator, an artist, a maker, a devoted mother, a diesel mechanic, a doula, and a stallion wrangler. She's very many things. She also has a great perspective. We grew up in a similar, didn't have a lot of money, family with a bunch of kids, a lot of similarities. And before this podcast, I didn't really know her very well, but it was great to get to know her. She's a really delightful person. And I think that you'll really benefit from hearing her outlook on life. You get to hear about her getting into a drunk driving accident as a teenager, a time when she bites a horse, and how she decided to start her own small business with a thousand pound laser. You'll also hear a little bit about my childhood and some of the stuff that just always tends to come up like the time when the police showed up at my house in the middle of the night and made us go stay in a hotel because someone was coming to kill my dad, or how I had fleas in eighth grade and I was humiliated to wear shorts. So yeah, a couple gems to look forward to. Sorry for this intro being kind of a flat, blah piece of shit, but I kind of feel like a flat, blah piece of shit today. So that's, uh, that's what you're getting. Anyway, life is beautiful. You guys are amazing. I'm loving it. I hope you're loving it too. Try to stay dry out there. Without further ado, please enjoy this interview with the industrious and captivating Kelsey Laredo.
There we go. Do I need to have it closer? I think that good? sounds pretty good. Okay. Yeah. All right. So sorry about the technical difficulties. That's okay. Oh, we're good. We're going. Yes. Um, so we were just talking about parenthood. Yes. You're telling me you have, I don't know, something like 15 or 20 kids. Yeah. Um, they're running amok. <laughs> How's life going? It's pretty good. I've got a five-year-old, a three-year-old, and a one-year-old, and they're all awesome. Different. Uh, two two girls and a boy. And what, Which ones are the girls and which one's the boy? The two older ones are the girls, and then the Thank youngest God. is the boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep him in line is he a wild child or is he, he is he's i guess he has like the joker birthday or something december 31st so oh, new year's eve joker birthday yeah and so he's he's just what does that mean exactly i don't really know they just call him a wild card oh yeah my aunt is into kind of different stuff and she always calls him a wild card my uncle has the same birthday oh, okay yeah yeah that's pretty unique to hit that last day of the year well i planned it because my previous two, I had pretty severe birth complications. And Oof. so my last one was a scheduled C-section. Oh, And cool. so they were like, December 31st or the 3rd? And I was like, Texas, the 31st, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smart. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it would be a cool birthday to have. Like when you're in For high sure. school or, you know, college. Next year will be my 10-year college reunion. I was going to say, because it's past my 10-year high school reunion. It's crazy how gra- fast it goes by. It is. Really, I, really crazy. I graduated in 2010. I feel like you were like four years ahead of me. Three. Oh, Three? seven. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, double oh, seven. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What'd you do right after high school? Uh, I went to college. So I got in a pretty bad car accident my junior year. I Ooh. like... I was the kid who got in the drinking driving accident three days before senior prom. You were that kid. You got the example made out of you, huh? Yeah. And it was like... What happened exactly? What was the situation? So we were driving down a road. There was a guy driving the truck and we were driving down Dump Road Mm -hmm. and just going too fast in the gravel. It was a little Ford Ranger and we rolled it Ah. two and a half times into a ditch and I lost five front teeth. Oh, man, those are the best teeth. (laughs) I know. Ah. Uh, Yeah. So... So now I have implants, and mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard those are great, actually. Yeah, but they cost a lot, huh? Well, insurance thankfully, insurance covered, covered yeah. it. Yeah. So I did. So that was a pretty big life event. Were you driving? No, I was Luckily. a passenger. Was it the the other car that was the drinking party? No, oh, was I was in. I was in the drinking. So, yeah. So you were the one who gets to go to the assemblies <laughs> and be like, "I knew I shouldn't have got in the car, but I did anyway." I, it was, and then I couldn't eat a Snickers bar for six months. It was like the day after we had. Like EMT and firefighters come to the school and like use the jaws of life. You oh, know? really? You just saw and that so, stuff. Yeah. So it was probably yeah. like running through your head the yeah. whole time. Did you get stuck in the car? Um, no, I thankfully was. Easy, I could get out easily, but um, I didn't really. I I like pulled something out of my mouth and I thought it was like rocks or glass. It doesn't and hurt at first, huh? No, I it was my break because I had braces and so oh, and they were all stuck in there. And so all my teeth had broke out and I pulled them out. Oh my god! Yeah, so. My th- my friends that were in the car with me were like, Kelsey, I can't even look at you right now. Are you, you please just sit down. And I'm like, we ha- we got to go get someone to get this truck out of the ditch. Like, we yeah. get- and they're like, no, we're calling nine one one. Like, if this is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, when you're in that. Oh, you were like, we got to avoid trouble. We yeah, gotta figure yeah. out how to solve this problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's always my instinct too. Yeah, it's just like, hurry before the cops come. Let's get the truck out of the ditch. <laughs> yeah, that, I think but we after listening right to the podcast. I, I feel like we probably grew up similar. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, my I got in a car accident with my dad and my stepmom when I was a kid. And uh, the first thing was like, okay, weed in the ditch, move the cooler, get it out. And, and like, they weren't at fault Set at the all. Scene. Yeah, but they, yeah. <laughs> but they were like, cover your ass. Well, exactly. <laughs> if you're not at fault, but you're still like about to get popped for some other innocuous crime, it could be anything really, seatbelt to a minor possession, like yeah. anything. Yep. Why Why risk it? Yeah. Might as well just prepare to be uh, searched. But. And my my family is kind of like the the bad kids, uh, you know, we're just always been kind of like the rough crowd. So mm-hmm. we would definitely be. I always took a little pride in that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we weren't, we didn't move here until I was 12. Mm-hmm. And so we were like the new kids and then we got in with the wrong crowd and. Where'd you come from? Battleground. So not okay. very far, but yeah. that's where I grew up in I love it down there, but it's gotten so big compared to what it was when I was a kid. Really? But I, I love living here, and I'm happy to raise my kids here, the small community and yeah. knowing everybody. Especially here in Chinook. Yeah. It's got an extra little special quality to it. Yeah. It feels like a, a little time capsule almost. It does. It's, it's still got the neighborhood feel. It's so different. You know, we drove to Vancouver today, and there was so much traffic in Longview, and I'm just like, God, I could not imagine doing this every yeah. day. I couldn't. I just couldn't. The other I'm day, like Rod Run. Oh my uh, God, Rod Run is hard. Yeah. I, I I've grown to love it just because I, I, I know how much yeah. vitality it's bringing to our community through uh, yeah. the, the economy. Yeah. But it sure is hard to get around. It's, oh we're yeah. Not built for that kind of traffic. No, we. My mom owns the horse rides, mm-hmm. and so that I just started r- wrangling for her again. I used to ride horses and do it in high school, and then the person who was wrangling for her hurt their elbow, and so she's like. Can you wrangle this weekend? And it was Rod Run weekend. And what, what does a technically, what does a wrangler do? Just takes people out on the beach on a horse. Oh, so you like the guide? Yeah. Boy, that's a way cooler name, wrangler. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. You, you like must always cowboy, wear jeans. Cowgirl, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a 15-year-old tell me I should dress the part. And so I started wearing a flannel because mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. like a hoodie and jeans kind of person. Yeah. I had to borrow some cowboy boots from my mom because <laughs> I don't have them anymore. Are they better for stirrups? Yeah. Uh, Extra tough. I wear extra toughs every day. And me too. Chinook. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the shoe of Chinook. It is, and they don't fit in a stirrup very well. Yeah. Big wide toe. Yeah. 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 So your mom buy the horse rides when you guys moved here, or was that how that when did that happen? So we all worked at Backcountry, pretty much since we moved here. My sisters and I, and worked there all through high school, and then. A little bit while I was in college, and five years ago, my mom and my sister were kind of like, let's start our own, you know? Mm-hmm. We, things were a little dysfunctional and not always the best work environment, and they were like, we should do it. Let's just do it. And so my mom and my sister, they, I mean, they weren't, they didn't have a whole lot going on at the time, so they did, and now I get to reap the benefits of awesome horses, and it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. So did you guys buy out the old owners or did you just start your own thing? Started our own thing completely. So um, Skipper was there previously and he had passed away. Oh, so and you took over the Skipper's location. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that makes sense. So I was wondering if the, if, if there was any kind of overlap between those two horse rental things because they're right next to each other. Yeah. But uh, So and, we yeah. know them really well. I bet. And I know all their horses. Mm-hmm. You know, I've known them for 15 years. And... So we know them really well, and but we don't we're not affiliated with them at all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe yeah. one day we can all work together and 
You might have to start a fake rivalry <laughs> and use it for marketing. <laughs> oh, they, they did People that. People love a rivalry. They they did that. Oh, um, really? They bought our domain name. Uh-huh. And so they had all of their all of the customers looking for West Coast horse rides funneled to their That sounds like a real rivalry. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It it is. It is. That's some uh, ruthless business tactic. It is. And they said, "Well, it's legal." So, and we're like, "Okay, well, have you it know. your way, bitch. <laughs> yeah. There's there's truly enough business to go around. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, my mom is turning away people. Her phone just rings nonstop. There's t- there's so many people who want to ride horses on the beach for $40. It is know? pretty great. Uh, yeah. And that's a pretty good deal. It is. Really. I, I Does, mean, do you guys make good money doing that? Is there is it actually profitable? Yeah. Good. Um Pro- it would probably be a lot more profitable if they didn't have a bunch of extra horses, but it Seems like a lot of overhead. Yeah. So my sister um just has horses that she has a connection to and she can't get rid of. And mm-hmm. now she's got like 10 horses that she's got a connection to. And so wow. they're up to like 33 horses. <laughs> and and how many of them are regularly producing money? Um, Like 12. Oh, yeah. So less than half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, that's a top heavy business model for sure. Yeah. Well, my sister broke her ankle last year and then she adopted my newborn nephew. He's almost a year. And so she hasn't been able to help train a whole lot yeah that sounds very busy yeah so broken foot with a new baby yeah it's so her it things haven't been working out the way that they had planned but it's gonna start getting a lot better they'll she'll start working with horses again and her ankle's better now that's cool yeah so do you have a horse that's like your special horse well i kind of took one over but um her name is brie and my mom got her and then she saw her papers and her her like legal name is Ivy Smoking the Debris. Oh, <laughs> so we just call her Bree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but she's a great horse. She's a lot of fun. Horse uh, names are funny. There's a lot of funny horse horse names. Yeah, we don't. We normally get like the mutts. You know, like the backyard breeder. You know, like just horse. They got horses from the auction. Is how mm-hmm. they started, and then they've just kind of acquired new horses from you know people who can't take care of them or you know that type of thing. So. So that was the only one that's like papered, and her name was just funny. Yeah, and my mom was, could not believe that that was what her name was. Was she like an old racing horse or something? No, um, I don't know what she did previously, but she she's great. She does whatever I ask her to on the beach. None of the other horses like her. She's mm. she's kind Teacher's of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's <clears throat> it works great for me because I don't really. It would be nice if she got along with some of the horses, but. Mm-hmm. The she, the my only complaint about her is I would just want her to stand still while I try to get back on her on the beach. Oh really? I'm like a mom, and I haven't rode horses in forever. So when people drop things, I have to get off my horse and get oh, back yeah. on from the ground. And so I'm like, horse, please just stand still, trying to get her to stay still and get back up on the beach. Yeah, it's. I've ridden a horse one time that I can recall. And it was at Skipper's Horse Rentals, this black horse. And I was – it didn't start off well because I was, like, way bigger than my brother Jake. Yeah. But they loaded him first on this big, beautiful, like, beige horse that was just standing there all majestic. And they get, put me on this squatty little skinny black horse <laughs> that was, like, 
way smaller. And yeah. It, it was like, it was embarrassing, <laughs> but it was also like, I was nervous how I was going to hurt this horse because I was like, I was a big kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was, it was fun. We had a good time, but one of the, uh, one of the horses like started freaking out and there was like a little girl on her back Yeah. and the guy who was running the horse, the guide, the wrangler yeah. hopped off his horse and walked over and punched that horse in the face. Wow. Yeah. Shut it right up. Yep. That's and just a... calmed right down and never, everyone went back about their business. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was like, wow, that guy knew exactly what to do. Yeah, I don't... You ever punch a horse in the face? I haven't. I bit one, though. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Did it bite you first? And, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. And she was my... The horse that I had gotten when I was young. And then when we moved up here, we didn't have anywhere to have horses. So we sold her to the horse rides. Mm -hmm. And so it, when I was in high school, I worked like 12 to 16 hour days, seven days a week. And I was... For 50 bucks. And, I was exhausted, oh, and it was a, it was like eleven o'clock at night, and we're loading all the horses in the horse trailer, and she just would not move, and then she bit me, and she kicked me, and so I turned and I bit her as hard as I could, and I felt pretty stupid, <laughs> pretty stupid after that. But did it? I mean, what happened? Um, it didn't hurt her. She didn't care. Uh, yeah, she, it, it was not her first time biting me. Ah, so and, and she just, big flat she, teeth, right? Yeah, not gonna. She, they well, could probably take a finger off if they wanted to. Oh yeah. They, they really could. I was trying to get her to follow me around the horse pasture. And so I put hay under my arm. And this was with my sister. We were probably like seven. And I was running around the horse pasture. And she came up and grabbed the back of my arm. And so my arm was swollen for like a week after that. It, oh, man. That sounds like it really hurt. That's, that's a tender area. Yeah. Yeah. So I already have some like rough feelings about her. Oh, I bet. <laughs> but, yeah, getting kicked by a horse is one of the things I would least like to do. Yeah. It looks like it hurts. I always picture it happen like square in the chest. Yeah. Just like knock you back. I've I've seen horses, I've, I've seen people get kicked by horses and, you know, my, um, the owner of the other horse rides, she got kicked in the face by a, a mule. Oh, man. And they are so strong and it like... Thankfully, she had her glasses on. The glass went straight back and protected her eye. Oh, my. Did but, it break her orbital bone? Um, no, she didn't end oh, up breaking lucky. anything. But it was – I was, oh, it scared me. I bet. I, my kids like to – I bring my kids down there often. And they just have no – you know, they're not scared at all. Oh, I know. And so I'm like, everybody – Get out of the corral. <laughs> They're just like walking under the horse. Little kids don't understand that just because you love an animal doesn't mean that animal won't kill you. Yeah. Like they don't know any better, even if they love you. Yeah. Like, it's, they just, they can't help it. They're great. They, when they, when somebody else's dog is around, they'll ask to pet them. But for some reason, the horses, they think they're just, Yeah. you know, I'm like, okay, guys, we like, Everybody out. <laughs> I've had to work so hard just to get my kids not to put their face in the face of, of strange dogs. Yeah. Little kids just want to do that. They meet a dog and they want to just like get right up in its face. It's like, you are going to lose an eye. Don't, please don't do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Unless it's your dog. And yeah. And you really can like predict its behavior. Yeah. But we, that's, we have a blue healer and she's, she's great with kids. And mm -hmm. so that's what they they were used to. And yeah. so now we've, we've got them. They've learned that you have to ask permission, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I had a dog who was really friendly, but she was a pit bull, and she was just super aggressive. And she was really loving, but she would try to bite you in the face all the time. Yeah. Just, like, not even think anything of it, not even act like it was a big deal. Yeah. Like, I had, I constantly had to block her from going for me. She would, like, give you a bunch of – she's, like, one of those dogs that moves really quick. Yeah. It's just, like, everything she does is high energy. So she'd be, like, giving you – 
bunch of kisses on the face and she would just like, mix in a few bites. But like hard ones. It's yeah. Like, to where you're, you're bleeding. Yeah. Like, oh my God, that dog bit me in the face. I didn't even realize it until <laughs> yeah. it was too late. Yeah. But yeah. Once you have kids, you can't really have a dog like that. No. It just doesn't really work out. It's hard. I've met some people with dogs and they're they're like, oh, no, no, no. They have to be away from the kids. And I'm just like, oh, I couldn't even imagine, you know, yeah. having a dog that my kids couldn't be around. That's a lot of work. It is. A lot of policing. It is. And I, it's not fun for the kid or the dog. No. Because they love to be buddies. Yeah. I like to just be able to have them in the room and let them just go wild you know they a yes room they have, yeah where there's um, there's not going to be no no you can't do that you know yeah and the yes room is the mess room i assume yeah. yeah 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 that's a good idea just to have a whole room where it's just like go do your thing do yep. the kid thing dogs and kids make a hell of a lot of messes yeah do you have a dog my my ex-husband does mm. he has our dog roxy oh and she's great and, and you know great with kids and loves going to the horse ride the blue healer yeah 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 those are cool dogs yeah, my mom has my mom has one and my sister has two. And the one my mom has is a rescue. And he was really scared of everybody and he like immediately loved me. Oh yeah. And I'm I've stopped being a dog person because I have three kids. You're a kid so person now. I'm, I'm well I'm like there's an enough people need things from me all the time. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, Roxy. I just don't have it in me. <laughs> you know, I'm like I love her, but I'm exhausted. And so I don't know what it is about this dog. I just, I love him so much. This, my mom, the rescue my mom got, I, I, when I walk in the door, he just freaks out and he's a big dog Mm -hmm. and so he's climbing on me and we just bonded. (laughs) Yeah. I can't do anything about that. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. The heart wants what the heart wants. Yeah. He like pushes my son out of the way so he can get on my lap. It's pretty cute. Yeah. Dogs are honestly my favorite people. Yeah. Yeah, All my favorite people are dogs. If, if I didn't have three kids, I would feel similar, but my kids just take a lot (laughs) and and having a business takes a lot. And, you know, my, my schedule right now is like, I I work during the day and my, my mom has my kids or my aunt, which is strange for me because I've been a stay-at-home mom for, you know, six years and then I, a work-from-home mom. So now I'm actually having my kids go somewhere else so I can work without distraction every five minutes. Um, and so I, I work and then I get the kids and we do dinner and baths and all that and then get everybody to bed and then I work and then that's when I get like a little bit of quiet time to talk to my customers or design and then and then I can shower and go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't leave a lot of time for recreation. Yeah. or dog walking. Yeah, I've I've thought about like oh, I really want to take this horse out on a ride. Like we I want to go walk the power lines, you know, up behind the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And I just it never happens. <laughs> I just don't have the time. Did you used to walk out there a lot or uh, with your horse? We I didn't do it often, but I had done it a few times. I just, I thought it would be fun to go kind of relax yeah. in nature. That's and a great spot. It is. And we're considering there's, that property is for sale right now. Really? And so we need, I mean, 50 acres would be nice to have horses on. Yeah. <laughs> so. Just to forewarn you, horrible gorse problem in that, on that hillside. Oh. Bad noxious weed. Serious okay. fire hazard. Major property devaluation. So. Even if, I mean, if you do decide to buy it, you could at least use that to get the price lowered. <laughs> yeah. Because it's against a lot of habit and they have a lot. Oh, that's yeah. good to know. Yeah, we're 
going back and forth with it, the the price of the property and then all the work that we'd have to do to it to make it, you know, useful for us, yeah. it's probably going to be too much. But It's a good area to build, a good hard ground. It's all like clay, those hillsides. Yeah. The um, There's a ton of bear back there. That's why I was asking if you ever saw a bear when you're out there because the biggest bear I've ever seen in my life was right back there. Oh, yeah. It was sitting under a big tree like right as – where it's – Close that area, a little bit past the property you're talking about, where you're getting to the wildlife refuge, like yeah. the Rickle unit. Yeah. There's that big tree right in the middle of a, uh, like, pasture, the last pasture before you get to the gate. Mm-hmm. And the bear was just, like, sitting under this tree. And we pulled up in a truck, and it was me and my friend Pete, and we were working at the refuge at the time. He's like, holy shit, look at that bear. And we stopped the truck and opened the door because there's, like, there's a wire fence and then about, mm, 30 yards of distance between us and the tree. And so I figured plenty, plenty of space and I, I would, didn't feel intimidated by the bear at all. And I figured he would get up and run away when we opened the door. But instead he saw us, stood up on his hind legs and started bashing his arms into the tree and like shaking the whole tree. And um, then just like turned around and stared us down. <laughs> I was just like, okay, he wants us to leave. And yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. That- it's like, yeah, you don't want to have a standoff with a giant bear. <laughs> no. But when he stood up, just like seeing how tall he was, and because he, the branch was high, and he yeah. was able to just put both arms on it and just shake the fuck out of that tree. Yeah. It was a big tree. It's like, that's a heavy animal. Yeah. I don't want any part of that. Nope. I'm yeah. I'm super scared of running into things out in the wild. And I, I don't have a firearm or anything, And I but I've considered getting one mm-hmm. just for, like, if I'm, I don't know, just protection. Yeah. Do you ever fire? Do you ever fire guns or any? Do you know how to use guns? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was like the second date my husband and I went on, and I grew up with guns too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I just haven't really felt the need for one until now, being like a single mom. Because so I live at. I think you guys used to live in the house. Oh um, really? The White House on by Cemetery Road. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's where I live. That old craftsman. Yeah. Yes, that's a great house. Yeah. So I have the master bedroom there. Uh And so I take my kids to go walk Cemetery Road all the time. And I don't know. I'm just always kind of nervous. Yeah. Sometimes people drive drive up there and it's a little creepy. And me and three kids, I'm not taking anybody. (laughs) Yeah, that's just – that area has just enough isolation for bad people to go do bad things. Yeah. Yeah. Especially out at the, at the cemetery. What is it about cemeteries? They attract lowlifes I don't, yeah. and witches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Def- <laughs> I don't know. That's definitely where – I don't know why when we were kids we would all drive up there and like Because no one's beer going and, up there. Yeah. That's where you go party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and hopefully not wake the spirits. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's, it's a weird thing. Uh, taking my kids up there. I, I don't really know quite – I've talked to them about death, but I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Okay. I like – I have them strapped in the stroller most of the time there because I don't want them, like, wandering off and yeah, there's stepping lots of hills around the and or rolling yeah. off the side. Yeah, definitely my 21-month-old. He's clumsy, and he's been to the emergency room three times already. Yeah, so. that's the age where they're ballsy. They <laughs> yeah. just want to go for it. Yeah. They don't really think everything through. No, <laughs> and he's just a brute. He weighs eight pounds more than his three-year-old sister. Oh, my God. Yeah, so wow. he's... I think it's because – so I breastfed the other two for, like, 16 months and 14 months. And he's 21 months, and I'm still nursing him. So I, Wow, good for you. Yeah. That's a commitment. It is. It is. It's, it's – um, really good for the kid. Yeah. Did you hear the episode with Dr. Shirazi? Yeah. He talked a lot about it. He's very into breastfeeding. Yeah. I'm 
yeah, I I talked about um, or I, when I listened to it, I was thinking because he had to have his tongue tie revised. Oh, okay. And so we were dealing with like ENTs and that type of thing. Um, but and it, when you're in Facebook groups about tongue ties, you learn about the palate expanding and that type yeah. of thing. So yeah, I've and also the um, antibodies from the vaccine. I got, I'm kind of hoping he's getting those. I don't know. And through, through the milk? Yeah. Never know. I don't know. They, they say does it work does. That yeah. That's you, cool. Yeah. So it makes sense. You get all the good stuff from the mom. Yeah. And so I'm hoping that. And also, we're going through a pretty stressful time. So I'm just not ready to cut them off. Yeah. That's it's, a, it's I a imagine weird a huge thing. stressor for the kid. Yeah. Been having to readjust to new food. Yeah. Well, and it, I don't know. It's such a weird feeling. I always feel like I have to defend my reason for still breastfeeding. Not to me. I just learned all about it. It's really good for them. <laughs> yeah. It's it's weird because most people are like. Yeah. They think you're somehow harming. Yeah. yeah what, like like, what's some, the problem exactly? Other I, than the I, think social issue. I think it's a sexual thing. I think they're thinking of it as a sexual way, uh-huh. which is not the feeling you have when you're a breastfeeding mother. Definitely you doesn't know? look that way. Yeah. And yeah, yeah it's. <laughs> It, so so I, I don't know why. I, I recognize two emotions coming out of a breastfeeding pair, like a mother and child. Mm-hmm. The first one is just plain old love. Like yeah. Strong, heavy love just emanating from both and between both. And the other one is frustration and rage coming yeah. from either one of the mother or the baby. And those are the only two things I really noticed. Yeah. And it, it's either one of those two things or both. Yeah. But there's no sexual undertones whatsoever. No, it's... They become very unsexualized, actually. It's hard even to get the sexualized (laughs) back at first because it's like they feel like they're off limits. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. And I don't know. I I feel like breastfeeding, it just feels natural to continue to do it. And I don't have any real reason to stop other than I just... I've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I'm not planning on having any more kids. So I'll probably... Stop when he's ready. Stop in a month. I don't know. Well, we just take Eventually, it. Eventually, he'll just be like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have an omelet." Yeah, and that's what today when I left to come here, he was like, um, he, he, at first he said "boo," and I was like, "Uh, yeah, sure." And then I was like, "Do you want it?" And no, and then walked away. And I was like, "Oh, okay. just want to know it's there." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. My daughter was totally into it. She's like fully fully loved breastfeeding and was a good great eater and stuff and it was i loved being able to witness their relationship yeah it's a really special bond it is and, and just for health uh, like emotional health and and physical health there's nothing better it is also super easy like to calm them down yeah if you could just nurse them you know or mm-hmm. and there's no bottles to wash there's no it's just super easy yeah at, at least for me um it, it definitely wasn't easy at the beginning but now and it's, it's not 21. easy for everybody yeah like, some women really can't do it but, yeah, it, yeah, it's a it's a real thing that people can't. I wasn't breastfed. And, really? Yeah, and my mom had tried and had lactation consultants and, you know, the tube feeding and everything to try and get me to nurse. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't. You wouldn't latch? Yeah. Yeah. So Some just don't. Yeah, and yeah. it's okay. Yeah, it seems like formula-fed babies are fine, too. Yeah, it's I just, mean, I think I'm doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like so. Yeah. It, it's. I think it's really just about the, each individual. It's yeah. cool that you just get to choose. Yeah. You're, you're the parent. You're the one who gets to decide. I also feel lucky that I could. You know, I stayed. I was, I was at home with them, so yeah. I could. You know, not everybody has that option. And I was. You know, my husband had a really good job at Lectro, and um, so I could be home. Yeah. And it was nice. 
Yeah, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. So are you still working from home? Um, well, so now my shop, I, I'm actually next to the Long Beach Body Piercing. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So By the burrito place, kind of, in that area? Um, body piercing. So it's on the back road. It used to be the old Chinook oh, Observer oh, oh, yeah, printing yeah. place or that, something. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And so I have like half of that building. I just happened by luck. I was like, hey, do you know, you know, I've been looking for a shop for a long time and mm-hmm. thought about building and a bunch of things. And I, I just happened to mention to somebody who's like learning about horses. Um, hey, do you know anybody's got a shop for it? You know, I, I need a place to put my giant thousand pound laser that's coming next week and he was like i mean i have a space do you you want to rent it and that's easy yeah it worked out perfect and yeah so it was pretty stressful i I bought a laser and it is it's a thousand pounds so then the delivery company said uh do you have a forklift there and i'm like no (laughs) i I definitely don't have a forklift it's just me Mm -hmm. and they're like, is there any way you can get one? So thankfully, I could get Omen and Son to. Oh, cool! They drove one down for me mm-hmm. and offloaded my laser and put it next to the door. And very nice move, Omens. Very yeah. classy. Yeah, they didn't I, charge you, right? Forty bucks, but I mean, forty bucks. I take it back, Omens. I, <laughs> what are no, you doing? God, I was so thankful that they could. They just completely yeah, no, saved really me because cool. it was like the day, the next day, mm-hmm. and they could just. The, he was like, yeah. Yeah, forty bucks is yeah. a good deal. Yeah, uh, like that's a small town thing. Yeah, you might, you might not be able to find somebody in a city, even though you're surrounded by people. No one's gonna help you. Exactly. That's cool. I was like, mm, I th- I've got an idea. Let me go talk to this lumber company. I'll let me call you back. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it just worked out. And I was really nervous about it because it's a really big machine. And so, what's the machine called? It's a laser cutting. It's a CO two laser. It's a okay. hundred and thirty watt. Um, it's a pretty big. This is an industrial size one. 130 watt. That's big. Yeah, that's really big. So do you need like special power hookups for that? It just takes. It just plugs in two regular. Okay. Outlets. Not even like the dryer sized one. Nope. Just the normal one. 110. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I, so I started with a Glowforge, which is you know. I've seen those on Instagram. That's that's how I started. Really? I, I saw some commercial like oh small business blah 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 my and my at the time had gotten laid off and we just found out we were pregnant with our third and so I'm like what are we gonna do he's I'm gonna have a c-section and we've got two toddlers so I need, need his, to be around yeah I need his support you know so he so he decided he was gonna stay home and we were gonna try and start a business from home and we sold a bunch of cutting boards right before and mm-hmm. We, we just got it and started doing cutting boards and made our money back. And it made it possible for us to continue. So And you do your marketing – or not marketing, but your uh, – what, what's the word I'm looking for? Fulfillment through Etsy? I do now. So at that time, I was just doing, like, Facebook Marketplace. They were all oh. local orders. Oh, cool. And so I just post it on Marketplace and or, like, word of mouth locally. And it got we got quite a bit of sales through the holidays, so that was nice. And then um, – What are you cutting them out of? Um, the cutting boards. So I don't cut the cutting boards. Buy, I buy them and engrave them. Did you see the one I did for Jake and Brooke? No, I oh. haven't. It's but. like almost always on their countertop. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. So I did that one. Right on. And um, so that's kind of where we started. And then uh, I had a baby. So I was like eight months pregnant doing this. And uh-huh. then and then so I had a baby and I took care of a newborn and I 
started like just messing around and doing I made a nursery sign for my daughter and like my husband was working on Coast Guard stuff and the Coast Guard stuff took off and that was great. And then we're like, oh, we probably need to get permission to do this. So what do you we, mean Coast Guard stuff? So they make like so he was making plaques for the Coast Guard. Oh, so with like, like government duty. insignia. He, well, yeah. So it just had like the a logo, uh-huh. a simple Coast Guard logo, but it was somebody had requested one and then. And then a bunch of people wanted one. Is that stuff public domain? Can you use it without asking or do you have to pay somebody? Yeah. You, um, or you have to ask permission? You have to ask permission and get approved. And so we stopped selling those. And I just like posted the sign I'd made for my daughter. And then orders like started trickling in. And I started learning about SEO. And I'd, Gosh, that stuff is hard. It I is. Mean, it, not hard. Hard is the wrong word. It's so complicated. Yeah. And yeah. Time consuming. It is. I would. So I, I was I had a newborn or th- three month old. And so I would stay up late with him a lot. And or I just, you know, have him sitting on my lap and I could watch videos, you know, on YouTube to learn. So your kid knows all about search engine optimization. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> nice. But he'll tell me all about it in a mm-hmm. few years. Our kids are going to have way different vernacular than we did. Oh, yeah. Like they're way more exposed to just a wide variety of stuff. We didn't have the Internet. No. Like it, they do. It's yeah. Just, we didn't gonna, have cell phones, yeah. you know, like when the availability pe- of information is just blown up. It is. It's crazy. And my mom said, I don't know why you guys have to take history class. You could just Google it. <laughs> you know, she's Which, right. Yeah. And I we both my mom and I were like, OK, that's right. But you I learn these things so you change. can learn. Yeah, schools will change, though. It won't be so much about memorizing dates and, and timelines as it was when we were like history class back then was kind of needed to be like that because you couldn't just Google everything. So you need context to create the picture in your head. Yeah. But now the details can be easily just pulled up. I think what's really going to be more important is teachers teaching kids how to think and how how to structure things in their mind to make sense of all of this information because we're flooded with it. Yeah, we have to – you go to school so you can learn to learn. Yeah. You know, it makes it easier. If you you learned in school, then when you're an adult and you're – staying up all night with a newborn learning about SEO, it's a lot easier if you yeah. finish high school, you know. And you actually feel like you can do it. Yeah. It's, it's like you're aware of your own limitations and when you can know you can surpass them. Yeah. I I didn't – I was really nervous because I didn't graduate from college. So I, I went to college. I went to Clark for a year. And then I, I bought a store in a house in Montana that failed miserably. What kind of store? <laughs> um, a, Like a gas station, a mm. convenience store. For my family, it was the money I got from my car accident. Oh, okay. So, and where was this? In Swan Lake, Montana. Oh, never been. No, Betty has. <laughs> it's a tiny town, uh-huh. but it, it was a really cool experience. So, I'm sure of, you learned some stuff about having a business. Yeah. Well, my mom had taken over most of that kind of stuff. I was just like, I did like the fun, like going shopping for all the coffee stuff. Oh and yeah. It was connected to our house, so it was a really cool setup and a really cool experience, but. It didn't work out. And I so I went to Job Corps in Montana for diesel mechanics. And oh, okay. Th- and then I went to – I transferred to Salt Lake – or to Clearfield, Utah, and then finished the advanced training for diesel mechanics there. And that's where I met my husband. So you're also a diesel mechanic. Uh, yeah. I don't know anything now. I bet you know more than me. <laughs> I don't know shit about diesel engines. Yeah. So I've – 
I knew a lot more than the guys in my class. I could yeah, tell you that I was a lot really faster cool. than them. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a it was a cool experience. I now I, I don't really use it. But so no, I, but imagine how much better you are at figuring out problems. Yeah. Just from all that training. Yeah, it, I, it was a really cool experience. You know, another one of those mechanics are such good problem solvers. I love that about people with that kind of a brain. The uh, electrical was a really cool thing to take there because you know yeah there's so much yeah you learn how to solve problems and they did a really good job of teaching it too so i was pretty good at that but i i didn't find a diesel mechanic job when i moved back home Mm -hmm. and i just kind of lost it but so while i was in high school i was like editor-in-chief of the yearbook and really into graphic design and at the time going to college i was like meh no i'm not gonna make any money being a graphic designer I mean, little did I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could make a lot of money doing a it. A lot, a lot of money. Yeah. If you're good, especially. Even if you're not good, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. If you know how to market yourself. Yes. The and internet's full of them. It's crazy. I, so it's funny that now I basically do graphic design for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't get a degree and I didn't get anything. I just taught myself how to do all this stuff. And you already liked that stuff. Yeah. Before you went to diesel mechanic school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So it kind of like brought me back to where I originally thought my life was going to go. Yeah. And it's weird how that happens. It is. Similar things happen like that with me in the podcast. It's like, I always love this kind of stuff. Yeah. I I like making things. Yeah. Like even that kind of stuff, the sign, by the way, people who are just listening, everybody's just listening. (laughs) Uh, She made me a ramble by the river sign that's laser cut out of wood. And it's, it's the logo that I have on the internet. Exactly. It's, it's, crazy how clean and accurate it is i'm just like super impressed i'm blown away with it actually it's really high quality i'd pay a couple hundred dollars for that thing that's that's easily easily that's really Um, a very very nice gift thank you so much yeah of course so i always try and charge lower i'm just kind of but I'm not a good business owner. Me neither. <laughs> it's so hard to ask people for money. <laughs> it is. That's why I love Etsy because they do it for me. And oh, really? My prices are higher than most of my competitors. Really? And I, and I still get, you know, I've got 60 signs that I have to ship out this month. And wow. Yeah. I, where, where do people go if they want to purchase a sign? Dream Suite Designs PNW on Etsy. All right. Yeah. And so it's – so, I yeah, I really like having Etsy because they – you know, if somebody doesn't like my price, they can just move on and go to somebody else. And, yeah. But I don't. So you don't have to deal with that part of it at all? No. it's all. Wow, that's nice. And Etsy is such a great platform to sell on because it they market everything for you. Mm-hmm. And I don't pay for advertising or anything. I've just got my SEO dialed in to, you know. To pop up. Yeah. That's and, good. Yeah. You have to figure out the algorithm and what's going to, you know. Find your niche. Mm-hmm. And so... I just started learning about, I just started doing the nursery signs and it took off. And now I figured out like, if you don't post new listings, your sales will just be kind of steady. But if you add a listing, then your sales will shoot up for really? a few days. And yeah. And, oh, because it brings more people into the old stuff too, huh? Yeah. That's and, cool. Well, Etsy, Etsy likes that if you're doing more Things oh, it's like shop. Instagram, how if you don't post for a few days, your views go dramatically down. Yeah, probably. And I, I don't I do not do social media hardly at all. I've been trying really hard to start doing it again. Yeah, you could probably sell them through Instagram too. Yeah. I, but you might end up having too many orders. And that's kind of where I'm at right now because I took about a three-week break waiting to get my new laser and the new shop set up. And so I've been working 
every day lately. Just, you know, I, I do the horse horse rides on the weekends and then I do my business during the week. And so I'm just barely getting things out on time because mm-hmm. I've, but yeah, I've got tons of orders. Do you have set designs? Yeah. It's really just names. Templates. It's yeah. I, I do a few, like some people have asked me, Hey, could you put an elephant on there? And then I make them a sign with an elephant on there and then mm-hmm. I post it and people will buy it mm-hmm. um, or a sunflower or, so I've only got a few of those, but my most popular one is just like a distressed background. So it's like white with pink showing through uh-huh. and like then old wood. Yeah. And then the name and pink and gold paint. And it's nice. super It's super easy. It probably... Yeah, that sounds like a cute little nursery sign. Yeah. I'd get that for my kid. <laughs> so how did you find... I mean, I guess you didn't really have all that much of a choice because you were found out you were pregnant and you needed to make money. Yeah. Um, but that's a pretty brave choice to, yeah. to invest in a piece of equipment. So you so, bought this thing sight unseen yep. and decided like, I'm going to do this. And then you successfully did it. Yeah. That's it, a major accomplishment. It's It was really scary. Cause I, so many people wouldn't have taken a risk. No. They would yeah. have just and everybody, floundered. Everybody would, was like, you're what? Yeah. You're, and I'm like, yeah, we're buying a laser and it can engrave leather, leather and glass and cut wood and it does all this stuff. And they're like, okay. You know, good luck. That period of time between, yeah, we're doing this crazy thing and it hasn't quite hit yet. That in-between time is so painful to have like conversations with people. Yeah. Because they're all like, either they're giving you pity or they're like trying to make sure you're not losing your, like losing hope. And it's just like, no, I'm fine. I know this is eventually going to take off. It's like, just give it time. Yeah. And then once it does, then it's just like, you can relax because you were right. Yeah. I, it, it took a lot because I'm I'm not really a risk taker. I, I guess I am as, with some things. And this I, I I sewed clothes for my daughter. So when I was a stay at home mom, I'd get pretty bored. Just it's you know, boring. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> being home with a, I mean, you're working constantly, but the <clears throat> intellectual stimulation levels low. Yeah. And so my grandma had passed away while I was pregnant and she was, a, she sewed all my clothes when I was a kid. And so I got some of her sewing equipment and I learned to sew. I cloth diapered my first. And mm. so she needed special pants to fit around her giant cloth diaper. And oh. so <laughs> I took that on. And, and then I, so I would sell clothes to some friends and stuff and, and then I did. Um, did you make your own forms? Or you just get them online, or what? How did you know how to make pants? Oh, you can just download a PDF off mm. of. You buy patterns online. And you literally can learn how to do anything on the internet oh, now, huh? Seriously. Yeah, that's great. And yeah, buying a laser now. I mean, so owning a laser or owning a Glowforge really is kind of like owning a silhouette or a cameo, like the vinyl machines. Like everybody has one now. Uh-huh. And um, you can get files to make anything. You want to. And 3D print printing is getting kind of like that too. Yeah. 3D printing is really cheap to get into compared to a laser. Really? But yeah, I mean, you can buy a 3D printer for like 200 bucks. Glowforge is like $2,500 or $3,000, I think now for the smallest one they have. Mm-hmm. And that's what we started with. And then we bought a $10,000 bigger machine. And, and then I, the one that I just bought was a lot cheaper but it is like twice the size as my other machine. Oh, and so the size is because it's older or something? No, it's just um, doesn't have the support. Mm. Uh, it's like a China 
laser, but it was the one that shipped the fastest. So, oh, yeah. Then um, I learned a lot from the one previously. Mm-hmm. And so I knew how to do things like align mirrors and change out the lens and, you know, maintenance. Laser stuff. Legit yeah. laser stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So CO2, you said it was a CO2 laser, right? Yeah. What exactly does that mean? I have no idea. Is it something to do with the condensed, condensing the light or something like Maybe, that? Maybe, because it has a laser tube, a big laser tube in the back of it. And so it has to have water flowing through it. Um, to cool it? Yeah. And then um, it has electricity. And wow. It's, yeah. That's some high-tech shit. It is. So I, I, I could tell you all about, like, how to fix your settings, but I have no idea what a CO2 laser is. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. Just, I know it cuts the wood. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. I've seen these lasers online. I've, I've been really close to purchasing them. That's like a, a laser pointer that you tease a cat with, yeah. but you can, like, burn through a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. I, I think that would be kind of fun to have. I, but yeah. this is, like, that times a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, legit. I mean, if you if you would like to learn how to laser, I mean, I'm I w- I'm like people like want people to do things like open their own Etsy shops or yeah. start a podcast. You know, me too. It is so I think it's cool. So great. It is. It's. It, I'm not gonna lie. I'm so stressed out like 90 percent of the time, but me I feel too. like that'll pass. Nah, it won't. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would. Uh, I've been stressed out my entire life. Yeah. And it's supposed to be that way. I think. It's yeah. Just, that means you're doing things. That yeah. means you're challenging yourself and you're probably growing. Yeah. Like if you're not feeling stressed out, you're probably feeling bored and depressed. Like I'm either one of the two. Yeah. I'm never just in the middle for very long. <laughs> Me too. I'll I... catch the middle on my way up or my way down and that's it. Yeah. But I definitely depression is I take Zoloft. And, uh-huh. and it helps me. It's a good drug. It, it is. It, and can, it can really help. It, it's I, it's probably just a Band-Aid, but it is helping me for now. Mm-hmm. And um, But I'm also tr- trying to do things like going on walks and spending time outside and doing those thing, other things to help me with, yeah. you know. And then I'm busy, so I just, like, don't even have time to think much. That really time. does help <laughs> with depression. I yeah. think the key with, with the antidepressants is to use them as a tool. Yeah. And not, not as a crutch. Depression, just in what it is, it affects the way you see the world. Oh, and yeah. It makes you not be able to see yourself or your place in the world accurately at all. Yeah. And, and to so, like, it, it can get so bad that you end up killing yourself. Yeah. So it's, it's not, you're not accurately seeing through the, the right lens. And what those antidepressants do is, is kind of just give you just a slightly brighter lens. Yeah. And just help you to kind of see, like, oh, maybe things aren't so catastrophically horrible. Maybe everyone doesn't actually hate me. Yeah. Maybe maybe I'm not humiliating my family and, you know, all the things that you convince yourself of when you're depressed that are just straight lies. Yeah. They kind of just go away or they get not as loud. When when I don't it's take nice. my antidepressants, I feel like I always just feel like there's too much. And I'm like, what am I working for? Like, what? what is this? What's the point of this? You know, I yeah. don't see a light at the end of the tunnel, but when I'm taking my antidepressants, I'm, I'm like, I'm like trying to get my goals, you know, I'm yeah. like, I'm going to make over a hundred thousand dollars this year. That's my goal, you know, which is not going to happen by the way. So, but I, you know, I work, those are things I'm working towards. You can and, see through the, the shit <clears throat> into yeah. your goals and your dreams and things that actually bring you joy. Yeah, exactly. Instead yeah. of like being like, damn it, I have to go ride horses this weekend. I'm like, let's get down there. Let's go get those horses. And, yeah. You know, and. I, an analogy that I really like about depression is I used to say this all the time because it, it's really what I felt like, but it's almost like you're watching your own life through a really dirty window. Yeah. And like. 
instead of just looking through the window and seeing what's on the other side, like your family and things that you love, you spend all of your time just looking at the dirty window and thinking about how dirty it is yeah. and how you wish it wasn't so dirty. Yeah. And it's just like, all, I, I, when I'm really depressed, I spend so much energy just thinking about my depression yeah. and, and like wondering like, how long has, has it been this way? How long, like, is it going to be this way? Why, like, just all the questions you have no answers to, yeah. pointless questions. And it's just fixation on something that is making the problem worse. Yeah. But yeah, I took Zoloft for a while, like uh, maybe a year. Mm -hmm. It worked really well, yeah. but it worked too well. Yeah. I, I felt almost just my, my edges were all so rounded off. I felt like I could just kind of be in the world and I might just let my whole life pass me by and never, like some, I, I'm almost addicted to a little bit of that tension. Yeah. Where, Cause it, it, it's an indicator to me that I'm doing something. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're, they're really good tools. Yeah. I think those people who encourage the stigma around mental health period, but especially around antidepressants are sad people. Yeah. <laughs> who I, are jealous that other people are not so sad. Yeah, I feel like I could probably take it for the rest of my life and I'd be fine. But I also don't really want to have to take a pill for the rest of my life to not feel sad. Mm -hmm. And so I will – my life is really stressful with having three kids all 20 months apart. And Yeah, <laughs> you know, heavy load. Yeah. And so I think that when my life settles down a little bit, I might, I might try to taper off – but I know that at least I take a really low dose anyway. Mm -hmm. So, but I know that if I take, if I don't take them, I'm like really stressed out. And if I take them, my stress just seems bearable. Yeah. You know, it seems like it's doable. And it's for a purpose. Yeah. That's, that's really important. Yeah. yeah your, your behavior has to feel like it's for something. Yeah. Otherwise you just start to feel like you're spinning your wheels. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad feeling. When you make a million signs that say Harper Marie or Harper Ann or Avery, <laughs> you get kind of tired. What of are it. the most common baby names these days? Harper and Avery. Harper and Avery. No doubt. And Rose as the middle name. Oh, yeah. We're thinking about naming our new dog Rosie. That's uh, cute. I like it. Yeah. I think it's going to end up probably, it's either Rosie, Poppy, or Maggie. We're one of those three. We're going flower names. Yeah, I like Maggie. Maggie. short for Magnolia. I like Maggie. It's a good one. That's what Elsa wants. Oh, okay. I like so, all three. They're all good. It's what type of dog? It's like a, I keep forgetting the, the, the mix, but it's part Australian Shepherd and there's some lab in there, but I think the Australian Shepherd must be where the spots are coming from. They're cute dogs. Little uh, gray puppy with black spots. Cute. Super cute. I'm excited. Yeah. I've had my dog for 10 years and she has been the best dog ever, but Eventually, she's going to die, and it's going to be horrible. And I don't want to have to go through the whole, like, are you going to re replace her? And it's like, oh, I couldn't replace her. So yeah. like, I'll just replace her ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Won't have to worry about that emotional turmoil. My but. sister's going through that. Her dogs are, I think, like 11 and 12 years old. And her Twilight years of their life. Her male dog may still be able to reproduce. So if wow. he Good for him. if he did, you know, get this dog pregnant, then he's she's gonna get a puppy. But then cool. she'll have three dogs. So but she's like, it's only temporary because they're not gonna live that much longer. But I want, you know, they're really good dogs. Have but, you ever had three dogs? Um yeah. Well my we've always had been a dog family, mm -hmm. you know. Um 
my mom and my sister live together. So there's three dogs at their house. Okay. My sister is like a dog babysitter all the time. I don't know how she winds up with so many dogs, but it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Some people are just born to be dog people. Yeah, she is. There's no, she's yeah. an animal person. Mm-hmm. She, her and my sister both. Yeah. Like, I was like in high school, it was like, do you want a horse or do you want a car? And I was like, I want a car. <laughs> Me too. I can, I can go ride horses for free over there where I work. I don't need a horse on yeah. top of it, you know? You're not going to ride your horse to school. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So I got a car and they got horses. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a theory that one dog is like perfect. I love having a dog. It's so much better than zero dogs. Yeah. Two dogs is half as good as one dog because when it's two dogs, they're a little bit too chummy. Yeah. You know, they fight all the time. Not, not Usually not real fights, but they're always at each other's throats and yeah. the constant noise and the, the sound of the nails on the hardwood. And the, it's just constant dog noise. Yeah. You get three fucking dogs. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. You, then you're fully pulled into dog world. You are living in a dog pack at that point. <laughs> it's no longer the dogs are living with you. You're living in a dog home. Yeah. You smell the like dog a dog. Hair dog is... hair's everywhere. <sighs> Everybody thinks that you're an asshole if you bring your dogs everywhere. <laughs> yep. It's like you're fully in dog life. Yep. My uh, ex-wife really loved to accumulate dogs. Oh, yeah. And she left a few of them with me when we separated. And it was a major hassle having three dogs and no people. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, fuck, these dogs. <laughs> it, it was hard. They, they're just so much activity. They're all young dogs. There's yeah. Daisy and a, a Jack Russell Terrier and a Chihuahua and a Pit Bull. And it's just like too many dogs. I vowed never to have more than one dog at a time again. And I'm about to break the vow. Yeah. But it'll be worth it. I have people helping me out now. It's not like a single guy trying to have three dogs. And you have, I mean, your kids, it can be their responsibility, you know, their job. Yeah. Or at the very least, it'll be something that we can fight about. Yeah. Telling them they're not doing a good job (laughs) with their chores. Yeah. (laughs) Like we do with the chickens. Yeah. Chickens, how many chickens do you have? I think we have like seven now. Yeah, I think seven. We've, we, they, chickens come and go. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) it's hard to keep track. And they also look all very alike. So the kids will be like, oh, there's Copper. And I was like, I thought we were calling that one Fluffy. It's like, Fluffy was Copper's mom. And they look at me like I'm a monster. Like, how could you say such a thing? It's like, they're chickens. Yeah. Like, we did chickens. And they were oh, they just shit all over the porch because they were just completely free range. Yeah. And it, they stand at your door and, like, wait to come in. Or yes. Even though you never let them in. I don't know why they think they can <laughs> yes. come in. Yes. It's annoying. Um, yeah. We ended up giving them away after, like, a year. We were... I mean, the eggs were cool. My daughter, when we first got them, though, they were all babies, and she was outside playing That's the best. fetch with our dog and the chicken oh. as the ball. Well, they, yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, no. Oh, because we, we saw, we were wondering, one of them had went missing, and we didn't know where it went. So we checked our security cameras, and that Dog took was, it. Yeah, they were playing fetch. Clean catch. She thought it was really cool to see the chicken fly and then yeah. the dog catch it. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, she was like three. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, I shouldn't even say that animal rights people wouldn't like it, but chicks, little baby chicks, they're barely animals. Yeah. They're like lawn clippings. Okay. Like they send them in the mail. Yeah. Um, I know that's pretty ruthless of me to say, but... Their lives are not as valuable as even a full-grown chicken. Yeah. So many chicks would die in nature if it was like, not that many of them would make it. I think it's okay. Yeah. I think your your kid is probably not doing anything that horrible. Yeah. We we taught her not to yeah. do it. It's a teaching you know? moment. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Dogs are pretty resilient, though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the one that my mom got, he, um, 
he was afraid of everybody. Like when he walked in the door, he would the just rescue. Like, yeah, he would yeah. just run under the table, and he's a big dog, so he, he would just run under the table. And now he's just he greets everybody at the horse rides, and he's happy and runs around. It's a huge difference. What kind of dog is that? Or a mix of some kind? Like a Newfoundland Ooh. and Lab, maybe. Oh, he's, that sounds like a great mix. He's huge. He's, I mean, his paws are giant and scratch me almost every time. But he's, how old? Like, is it like, young, younger dog? I think he's like four. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's pretty young. At three or four, somebody looked at his teeth and decided. Oh yeah, that's yeah. how they do that. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah. We Have know. you ever had to put a dog down? Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. That's so hard. It does. So my mom had two dogs and had to put one down about a year ago. But they're kind of like, they were like the same almost. You know, the, our older dog, Jake, he was a rescue. And like my brother found him at the pound and that type of thing. And so we had him forever. And then this dog came and my mom was babysitting it for a week. And then he never left because mm-hmm. she fell in love with him. That happens a lot. Yeah. And so, and you just cannot give my family animals. My cats had kittens and my mom was like, we are not taking any of these home. And they took two of them. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, we had, I mean, literally like 50 cats over the course of my childhood. <laughs> yeah. Because we had Two or three cats that were females, and they would have a litter of kittens a year, probably. Yeah. And they were outside cats, so we had to find the kittens, which is always a fun adventure for kids. Yeah. Track down the kittens. Mm-hmm. Like, you know the cat's pregnant, and then you wait and wait and wait, and then it disappears for a couple of days. And then you're like, that cat had those kittens somewhere. Then the hunt is on. Mm-hmm. And you're just scrambling, looking under cars and stuff. And we'd eventually find them, and then... Uh, then the fun begins. You're like little kids. You're like claiming which one's yours. You're naming <laughs> yeah. them all. Yeah. And, you know, probably injuring them on accident, trying to make them fly. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we had tons of cats. Ours, when they had kittens, we, we've got two cats and we meant to get them fixed. And, you know, then we had two litters of kittens at the same time. And so one of them had her kittens in the house everything was normal the other one had her kittens somewhere else and so we could not find them and then one day i was because we'd bought a manufactured home in chinook and so we were i was listening and i could hear them under the floor so i tied yarn loosely around her neck and had her run under the house and and then pulled her back out no followed the yarn oh that makes more sense <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you just um, drag it down by the neck is probably not the best plan yeah my i actually ended up wimping out i'm pretty i'm pretty ballsy like i i went under my mom's house in the middle of a with huge windstorm to fix the heat the ducting mm-hmm. i don't know why i could not go under there i was afraid i cannot find dead animals i was so scared i'd find like dead kittens so i don't like doing that either going underneath the house is not fun it's not i d- i've had to do that a lot in the last year in my house there's a cross i mean the underneath the house is like maybe maybe 24 inches from the dirt to the floorboards at at the most yeah like most of it's less like 18 inches and i have a giant head and it's it like <laughs> barely fits through in some of these spots yeah and i had to go down there a bunch of times because we redid the plumbing in our kitchen i yeah. moved, moved the sink and the dishwasher across the room so i had to replumb it and um i hated it every minute of it i hated it and like you're cutting pipes so there's water 
just gushing out and like you're laying in sand yeah because every house around here is built on sand mm-hmm. and so i was just all sandy there's sand in my ears and my ass and my yeah everywhere it goes down your shirt it's yeah. yeah terrible and then the worst part though is like if you just can't look up because if you look up then you see those fucking chinook spiders which are formidable yeah and they're just there's thousands of them just living amongst us mm-hmm. in our homes, under our floorboards, beneath our feet. And we just go on with our lives like they're not even there. They're huge, like silver dollar sized spiders. My daughter is, I don't know why, but she, no matter where she is, like if she spends a night somewhere and she wakes up with bites, it, it, oh, I think you guys have fleas, you know, like, or mm, th- th- that was a lot of spiders last night or something. She gets eaten alive by them, especially. I think there's something about certain people's blood certain people just get bit more yeah when i was a kid i was getting attacked by bugs constantly and i don't anymore at all it's really weird i used to like we lived in ocean park Mm -hmm. and that's where we moved when we first moved here was ocean park i lived there too full of (laughs) guests so i would covered in mosquito bites every summer and then now i i don't feel like i get them very often actually yeah i had a, a go back to school year i think it was the eighth grade the where my legs were so covered in bites that I was like humiliated to wear shorts. Yeah, um, and I'm it was fleas. <laughs> I basically had fleas. Yeah, <laughs> and and it was because we had so many fucking kittens. Yeah, so we had kittens living in our house, uh, and in and they were indoor outdoor kittens. Yeah, so it's just like there's no such thing as indoor outdoor anything. Yeah, you got an indoor outdoor rug. It's an outdoor rug. Yep. You got an indoor outdoor cat. It's an outdoor cat that lives in your house. Yep. And it's giving you fleas. Yep. So there's fleas, like, we couldn't get rid of them. We spent, uh, uh, like, it doesn't even sound like that much anymore, but at the time, I remember it seemed like an astronomical amount of money. We spent, like, $100 to do laundry at the laundromat. We took every piece of clothes and blankets from our house, washed them all in a day while we bombed the house, and came back, fleas were still there. Yeah. I had thousands of bites. It was the worst. They're really hard to get rid of. I So I'm my aunt lives at the house that I'm living at now. And then we have a deaf roommate who lives upstairs and she has two cats, but they stay like strictly in her area. And, but my kids were like, my, my daughter would have bites and I'm like, cat bites or even, flea bites, flea bites. Oh, I'm like, yeah. where we don't even have animals at this house. And I completely forgot that she had cats up there and they were making their way down the stairs, like, you know, on her socks or something. And yeah. then I started finding them and like, uh, uh, so we bombed the house, and yeah. I think she's got it under control, a lot less bites, but... Fleas are incredible little creatures. Mm-hmm. They can jump so high, it's insane. Like, if if we could jump like a flea, we'd be able to jump over a skyscraper. Yeah. Just like a two-step jump. Yep. Imagine the slam dunk competitions. <laughs> God, that'd be cool. Yeah. But it... have you ever looked at one up close, like with a magnifying glass? No. They look like a little, like... Um, i trying to think of a good mechanical equivalent but like some kind of a souped up sports car or something they're like all like back end is like huge because they got those big jumping muscles and they're just really cool looking bugs yeah and they're they almost seem intelligent like when you uh this is embarrassing i'm letting people know how intimately i know fleas but when you go to grab one off your body it sees you coming and it tries to get away (laughs) and it'll 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 like run a little bit but then it'll jump like, and just blink, just gone, disappear. Yeah. Yeah, they're crazy. I'm going to cut all this out. I don't want people knowing I have fleas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Um, we definitely had, I don't think we had 
them often as kids, but mm-hmm. we had animals and I mean, it's a part of. Bugs used to live on people always, all yeah. the time. Yeah. This, this life where we, where we don't have bugs living on us is a new thing. Yeah. So get over yourself, <laughs> we'll you fancy that. fucks. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I imagine it's really true though. Like before, there's electricity and hot, hot indoor plumbing. Oh yeah, I'm I sure mean, people were all bugged out. They probably had like their uses. Yeah, you I'm know, sure, they, they I'm were sure. there for a certain reason. Or you're right, you're you making know. me feel way better. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they yeah. things like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, did you ever get head lice? Oh yeah, That's I mean, no we've got fun. five kids in my family. Of course, I had head lice. Oh yeah, how many girls? Uh, three. Oh, and in high school. Um, we had 10 kids living at our house. So oh, wow. Uh, my aunt and uncle had moved in with their five kids. We have five kids. So it was like we would, there would be. That's a ton of people. <laughs> and it was like five teenage girls, six teenage girls. We would have to take turns. We'd all shower at the same time and say, okay, rotate. And we switch spots to uh-huh. who gets the water. And it was. Eat a cer- eat your bowl of cereal with a fork, pass, share the milk. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. It was, it was. I mean, it was a fun experience. Not very many people. Can. When you're a kid, it is. Like, yeah. the hard stuff can be kind of fun. I have this memory where um, the police came to my house at the middle of the night, and they got us up out of bed, and they, they made us leave the house and go stay in a hotel. Yeah. And, like, when you're a kid, you don't really know what's going on. I mean, my kids do because they ask a thousand questions, and for some reason we treat them like adults. Yes. But um, <laughs> I think that may be a new thing because when I was a kid, I didn't know shit. Yeah, get out. Yeah, Go. That's none of your business. <laughs> yep. So um, all I knew is that something was going on, and we were in danger, and we needed to leave. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a blast. <laughs> I, I didn't know why we, what we were running from. I didn't know what was going on. But um, I, it wasn't until, like, a couple of years later that I found out, like, one of my dad's employees, he had he fired an employee, and then the, the employee told his mother that he was going to come kill my dad. And so – and he, like, grabbed a gun and left his house, and she called the cops. Yeah. My dad already knew the guy was going to come kill him. He had told him. And so my dad was already waiting in the bushes with a with a <laughs> Springfield rifle, which is now my hunting rifle. Oh. Um, I mean, why wouldn't he be? Exactly. Like, what, he's <laughs> totally just going to let this crazy life. person yeah. come kill his family? No. Yeah. Like, we got it under control. Yeah. He actually was, like – insistent that we stayed at the house he's like no guys i got i have a plan (laughs) don't worry like well we really don't want you to kill this man anyway so how about you just leave yeah um and we did and it was all fine but my point being to a kid that's adventure that's fun we did uh, we had similar things my like first trip to arizona i didn't realize it was like i was almost kidnapped when i got off the bus and so my mom sent me to arizona with my grandparents because of my crazy a crazy guy and so yeah someone you knew yeah those are the ones who kidnap yeah and so um we would go stay at my aunt tiffany's house there was a time where we were like staying at my aunt tiffany's friend's house and it was so cool she had a big comfy chair and we were all you know she went skydiving and it was cool we'd talk about it and Mm -hmm. so but and then when i'm an adult i'm like wow oh wait was that trauma (laughs) yeah yeah what was actually going on oh Mm -hmm. okay that's i mean good job mom i had no idea it was awesome though yeah wouldn't it suck to get kidnapped yeah. That'd be a real bummer. Yeah. I it, would hate that. Um, my uncle uh, is, if you don't know him, he seems like a scary guy. So he was there. The kidnapping type? No. 
Oh, he, to protect he, you. Yeah. Oh, and scary so, to the kidnappers. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> Sounds so, like a good dude. I know. My mom, I mean, he was like a, a druggie when I was younger. And They're not I, all bad. No, but like now I'm thinking, my gosh, mom, you invited a, like a drug addict to live in a trailer outside of our house in Battleground. Why would... Was it her brother? No. Oh. A, I mean, they just like knew each other. Like not, but not your real uncle then. No, Fake so uncle. yeah. So I mean, they're my family, but they're not yeah. my family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I mean, I live with them now, mm-hmm. and that's who we. I'm like, what a risky choice to invite a a drug addict to live in a a camper outside. Telling your kids that it's booby trapped and there's an alligator in there, you know. We and did have kind of similar upbringings. Yeah, we had drug addicts living in trailers outside our house. <laughs> yeah, because we are a kind family and they they needed a place to go. Yes, I mean thankfully it it panned out for my mom. This guy, I mean that's who I'm living with now is and you know I'm so yeah, happy to have that out. family. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought at the time a risky. Risky. Yeah, for sure. I would not do that now. No, no. But there's no question. <laughs> I'm much more safety-minded, I think, than my parents were. Yeah. You kind of have to be now. Our culture has changed a lot. A lot. We would be crucified for a lot of the things that parents would get away with 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Like, even things that are pretty innocuous, just like the way you talk or, like, just the way people communicate. Like, you know how there's some families who just communicate a lot more aggressively yeah. than other ones? And when you are part of one faction and you observe the other it's so awkward like if you're from a family that yells at each other and you go to a friend's house where they don't yeah and but and you're like what is with all this weird tense energy yep does somebody just need to yell like but they just never do it's very strange yeah i definitely i would go spend the night at a friend's house and i always felt so uncomfortable because their life was just so different from mine. We always, our life was just always chaos, but it was fun chaos. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't realize most of the things that were going on. They did a great job at sheltering us from that. But so going to their house, I I would feel, I I guess I kind of feel that way as an adult. Me too. Thinking about it. If I, when I'm around certain people, i you know, I feel a little uncomfortable. I, like you're being judged? Yeah. Like, yeah. Because yeah. you still feel like you brought a little of that chaos with you? Yeah. I certainly did. We're the Motley crew. Like, we just, that's just how our family is. We're yeah. always late. There's holes in someone's jeans, you know, like a shirt too small or a shirt too big. Or my grandpa found shirts in a dumpster from a baseball team, and now we all wear the shirts. You're all you showing matching Mariner shirts. <laughs> yeah. no, it was like Battleground Little League shirts oh, or yeah. something. <laughs> but, my, I mean, my grandpa is the way he is is because he did that kind of stuff you know mm-hmm. he he pinched pennies he squeezed ketchup packets into bottles for my aunt's wedding you know yeah ketchup packets that's a great um indicator of socioeconomic status how do you treat a spare ketchup packet do you save it or do you throw it away you save it you save it always yeah yeah i agree i have them and i don't even use them because i have money to buy ketchup in bottles <laughs> yeah. so i don't need ketchup packets but i still have them just in case you never know you never know uh, there have been a few times where we're out of ketchup and i i'm like you, you got the ketchup packets yep yeah when we moved, I tossed them all out. So then we had to completely restart, which kind of felt nice. Yeah. You know? It's cleansing. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, Who's that? Marie Kanto? Yeah. It, the yep. ketchup packets didn't spark joy. No, they, no joy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we thanked them and waved goodbye. Mm-hmm. Express the gratitude. You served me well, ketchup packets, and now <laughs> it's time to go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that show? Do you watch that show? I watched 
I think I watched like one episode. I'm not a reality I've seen TV exactly one episode. Yeah. I've seen one episode of a lot of shows. It allows you to talk about the show, but not have to spend a whole lot of time actually watching it. There's not a lot of good shows. I watch really stupid shows. What like, do you what are your, what are your things you like? <clears throat> um, right now I'm watching The Good Witch, which I is heard of that. It, I mean it's just a really stupid mindless stupid's good. show. That's the kind of shows I like to watch. It's and I'm a, like a Grey's Anatomy that type. Oh yeah, yeah. I but Shonda I Shonda Rhimes. I always I do puzzles. I like doing puzzles. That's my thing. So I do them on my iPad now because my kids will eat puzzle pieces. Oh, so yeah. so I do like a puzzle and I watch a TV show. It gets my mind off everything when I go to sleep. Yeah. I don't use any other – you know, I don't smoke pot or I don't drink or I don't do anything like that to like relax. So that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't realize until I was a grown-up that other stuff works just as good. Yeah. 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 You puzzles. Don't... Who would have thought? Yeah. Yeah, meditation. Yeah. Big surprise. It, it'll relax. It actually works a lot better than chemicals. Listening to the podcast has made me consider meditation. I've never done oh, it. Oh, you've got to try I'm... it. I would do it today, like immediately, before yeah. you get back with your kids, because then you'll never have a chance. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, do five minutes in your car. Yeah. Uh, download the Headspace app or Calm, or I think uh, Sam Harris has an app. Russell Brand has an app. All the all the fancy calm people are doing apps. Yeah. But um, it really doesn't take a lot of time, and it feels really good. It's th- ju- all it is is just taking a minute to just let yourself breathe and and listen to your systems. Just yeah. check in. It's really it's check in time. It's really good. I think so. I used to babysit Jed um, when she was like two, mm-hmm. um, and so. I think during that time, Brooke had told me to download Headspace, and I feel like I downloaded it, but I don't think I ever opened it. So mm-hmm. maybe I should try. Yeah, I, I don't use Headspace anymore, but it's uh, that's what I would recommend as a, the first thing because that's yeah. what I – I meditated for years before that, and I never liked it. Yeah. I just knew it was good for me, but I thought of it as work. It wasn't something that made me feel all that great. It, it would – I started doing it because of um, nerves around crew. Mm. It's like 2K test. Uh, you have to sit down on the rowing machine and row 2,000 meters as fast as you possibly can. Yeah. And most people have not done that, but it is the most excruciating activity that anyone has ever done for fun. Yeah. It is horrible. Yeah. And like, I don't want to discourage anyone who's a potential rower, but fuck me, <laughs> that is an awful thing to do. Yeah. It is not fun. And uh, so I would get, like, really bad anxiety about it, so much that it would affect my health. Like, the, a couple of days leading up to it, I wouldn't be able to sleep. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to eat right. And it would mess with all kinds of – it's just, like, my whole system was, like, under threat. Yeah. Uh, it was really not good. So I was like, all right. And it was making my 2Ks worse because I wasn't feeling good going into it. Yeah. So I was like, I got to figure this out. So I started meditating and just by doing just regular – Breathing meditation, focus on the breath, just sit there and uh, like kind of just be with the anxiety. And it kind of helped, but, you know, I mean, it did help, but it, it still wasn't something I liked to do. And then Headspace came out and I tried that and suddenly it's gamified. And then it's like there's levels. You're accomplishing things. You're, you're making it through a timeline. Like they do all the right things to just – activate that game system in our heads that makes us want to do stuff yeah and then suddenly i was like oh this now i'm getting benefits from this and i'm also enjoying it which is magnifying those benefits so it's it's good i recommend you give it just even try it once yeah Uh, you won't feel anything it'll just be like that was it that's what all the fuss is about and you're like well the the thing you'll take away from it the first time is like well i guess it wasn't really hard yeah i could do that yeah um and then after you become 
accustomed to that, it becomes a practice, and then you start to really realize the benefits in just your everyday life. Because you start to realize that you're using those techniques of finding calm and centered energy in your in yourself dish everywhere. Yeah. Like without even really having to think about it. It's it's a good it's a good thing to have. I'm definitely not very good at regulating my emotions, so I feel like it would be really beneficial to me. That's the I'd say the number one thing you get from it. I'm I'm a really calm person until some if I'm provoked. I'm my sign is a Taurus, so I'm You're the bull. I, yeah, I just I'm like I'm fine. When Everything's provoked, good. when you get the mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. And so I, I'm yeah, super protective. I so I, I think I could use being able to calm myself when I. I every time I've listened to it on a podcast, I'm like, damn, I should really do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the way I feel most days still because I don't meditate every day, not even close. I wish I, I wish I did. I don't. Yeah. Um. But it, every time I do, I'm like, oh, God, why don't I do that more? Just like working out. I don't work out every day. Uh, and I sometimes will go weeks without doing anything, and I start to feel horrible. And then I'll just work out once, and I'll be like, oh, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel about walks. Yeah. I, I didn't go on walks for a long time. I felt like it would be really overwhelming with three kids. and um, But I started doing it. I bought a double stroller, and I'd just shove them all in there and – I'll take them on a walk. You know, my five-year-old could walk, and she does. She, her dad takes her out, you know, mushroom picking and hiking and shed hunting and whatever. And so they're good at that. But, you know, sometimes I just want to go walk, and I want my kids to keep up, you yeah. know. So I throw them in a stroller, and I just go, like, walk Cemetery Road. And so, like, walking, you know, the hill, like, there's a really steep it's one. Steep. or the so all The loop. Yeah, so I've I've been the rhododendron side, the steep side. Yeah, I'll, I'll I go up the steep side because I'm hoping it'll just get better and better, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I've been I, I would just feel better when I go on a walk. Yeah, I, you know I feel all I feel the like historical geniuses have gone on daily walks. It's like a common theme, like yeah. Einstein to Mozart to all those guys. They were walkers. It's it's easy to get lost in all of the things that need to be done in the day. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, trying to really make that something that I do every day. There's some neuroscience behind that too. So like when you're moving in a forward direction, your body produces, your brain produces more dopamine. Yeah. Which is like the, hey, you're on the right track chemicals. That's why it's so easy to think when you're walking. Yeah. Whatever thoughts you're having, especially if you're doing like planning or kind of like reflection activities on something you've already done. You get that feedback where you're like, yeah, that this is going well. This is we're on the right track. Yeah. Where I don't get that feeling easily when I'm just sitting. I have such a hard time just sitting and working. My body wants to move really bad. I, I like even just to edit this podcast is such a drain sometimes because it's like eight hours of sitting. Yeah. It's just like I I don't want to do that. It's hard. That's I have a hard time when I know that there's like other things that need to be done. I don't remember the last time. I just sat and like watched a movie. No, you know that's almost like not a thing for grown-ups, parents. Yeah, who I'm, also work. I'm like, yeah, it's you know. I don't even know what kind of movies dishes. I like anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I'll, I'll put something on before I go to bed, but I almost always fall asleep in the middle of it anyway. So yeah. it doesn't matter what's on, and I'm doing a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I stop doing a puzzle, and I'm out. Have you seen those puzzles on Instagram that are like? Uh, a lion or an owl they're like super colorful and bright and they're wood puzzles like mm-hmm. and each piece is its own little design like a star or uh, or it's an animal so it's like a bunch of little puzzle pieces that look like 
things and then they all fit together to make a bigger picture. They're really cool. I think I could make one. I bet you could. But not colorful unless I painted it. But That would take a long time. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you totally could. Yeah. I've thought about making, because um, you can cut acrylic. Mm-hmm. And so I've thought about making, they have like this puzzle that is just completely clear. Oh, cool. And so there's no picture, nothing. It's just I, I, the impossible puzzle. That's a pretty good angle, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good angle. You could market the hell out of that. Yeah. Instagram. There's, there's a lot of things. Yeah. But I just make nursery signs because... Because you're making money. Yeah. It's, Why do you need to change? Yeah. yeah. I, I've changed a lot from... Because I would... I, I make shiplap signs. That's like uh-huh. the in thing, you know? And so... You hear that word so much are those words. Is that a compound word? Shiplap? I, I don't know. Maybe I, a hyphen. I, I think I put it I put it in as one word in Etsy and it does okay. Uh, I never heard it until I started watching HGTV. <laughs> that is a very commonly <laughs> I, I didn't know either. Around. And I was... They love it. Yep. They love shiplap. Yep. It's like they pull up the old carpet and there's hardwood floors underneath, but now it's on the walls and it's shiplap. Ship lab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We, yeah. So I started by cutting out each piece individually and then I would glue them all down. Like I'd actually have my husband glue them all down and he'd like space them out evenly. It was a really long process to get that one sign done. And now I've, now that I can do, I have a bigger laser, I've created a file that um, cuts out most of it and then just engraves little parts of it so it all stays together oh, and I can smart. glue the supports down. And so I love being able to like get my business moving to faster production. Streamline. Yes, I need. I And I would like to, my goal one day is to hire moms or parents. Moms. Pe- people who need a job, but. Dads will cause you problems. Yeah. <laughs> Get them all mixed together. Yeah. Big trauma. Yeah. So, like, I would like to hire people that need childcare, but, like, really want to work. Because I'm somebody, I just like to work. I really like having a job. And I like to be social. And so I did the coffee shop for a while, which was fun. And I'd done it in high school. So it was easy. But this, I, I just would like to offer having you know like a co-op child care so all the kids play in one part and one person watches them for the day like on rotation yeah that's a great idea and that's what my goal is so i've got you know a tv and a nugget couch for the kids and mm-hmm. right now and like a little play kitchen and so i'm working on it but one that's day that's the like, kid play area right down there yeah like i'm trying to do the same thing i will like they don't play in it very well and yeah you don't get anything done while no, they're there nothing done <laughs> like i've I realized that immediately. Like, yep. well, I, I planned on, I, I in my head had it pictured like, oh, I'll be up here just editing for hours and Amelia will be down there playing. The big kids will pop in and out. It'll be great. But it's not like that at all. I'll, if I'm out here for hours, they're in there being mad at me and I'm out here. <laughs> that's yeah. the way it stays until I go back in to be punished. Yep. Like, that's just the way I it is. I might as well just stay out a few, a little bit longer, get this done. Yeah. Because I'm going to be punished no matter what. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and I deserve it because. I, honestly, I'm flattered that they want me around, so I'm happy to take it. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't get that mad about that kind of uh, punishment, but, it, yeah, it's noticeable. It's, it's just the economy of time. You have to think so much about how you use your time. It's precious. It's hard. My daughter said in the car one day, I was like, okay, we're going to go home, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to watch a movie and cuddle. That's all we're going to do. And she's like, but you don't like watching TV. I was like, what do you – I love watching TV. What are you she talking about? She thinks you don't watch TV. She's like, you love to work. And I'm like, okay, I really need to change. You don't know me at all. Yeah. I'm like, um, 
okay, I'm going to work on that because I, I do love to work, but I also love to spend time with my kids. When, yeah. But when you're overwhelmed, you've got a lot of things going on and you're starting a business, you you really have to dedicate time to it. Yeah. And so... It's not optional. Yeah. So it's it's hard to find that balance between yeah. the two. And even though the, the kid time is what you want to be doing, it is optional. Yeah. Like, especially for dads. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do it. No. If you don't do it, you're kind of shitty, but you don't have to. Yeah. And you do have to work because if you don't, you won't be able to buy food. Yep. Yeah. Like it's That's a sad truth. So you don't get to do what you want to do as a parent, like, but you still have to do it. Yep. The kids can't really get that. Like they will someday though. And they'll be like, oh, wow, my, my parents really loved me because they were working really hard. Yeah. It's like. My mom yeah. worked from home. She was a medical transcriptionist, which like isn't a job anymore, but she worked from home my whole life. And um, what would that like transcribe doctor's notes? Yeah. And she, like for a long time, she worked for a prison. She did, you know, prison notes for like therapy sessions and stuff. Mm. It was. Um, oh, I bet that was kind of yeah, she intense. Could, she could never tell me names or anything. And then like she also would do like doctor's appointments with kids I went to school with. Mm-hmm. And she wouldn't tell me who like certain people were. But like as an adult, she's like, yeah, I didn't let you go over to certain people's houses because I knew things. But, yeah. you know, I never tell you or make anything weird. But. Yeah, it was an interesting job. So that she worked from home because she had three kids, and then my stepdad had two, and so I don't know. I that's uh, my mom shooed me away so many times. No, yeah. don't tap my shoulder. No, go away. You know. And now as an adult, I'm like, she worked really freaking hard, and yeah. like she supported us, and like what a badass. And so I I have so much appreciation for her, even though she worked a lot. You know. Yeah. And it's annoying at the time because you want to do what kids want to do. Yeah. But, yeah, you really do learn to appreciate it. Yeah. My parents worked their asses off. And, like, they had four kids by age – I mean, actually, Tawny was a little bit later. But they had four kids really in quick succession. And um, my dad started a business at the same time. so And my mom was, like, taking care of her kids at home. And also she would take on other people's kids as, like, a, a daycare. Yeah. And uh, so she was making money that way too. And it was just – Chaos, constant yeah. chaos, and um, it was great. Yeah, and we loved each other a lot, and it was a, it was a good childhood. But I, I didn't get it. I think that like listening to the way that you guys admire your parents still, like even through all the stuff that you went through, I, I, that's how I want to be. You know, I there's been so many things that I've been through, but I'm not. They made me who I am. Exactly. And like I, I wouldn't be the person I am if I hadn't. You know, if my dad didn't die when I was 16, you know, I, I wouldn't be the person I am or understand the person I am. I I was probably an alcoholic by the time I was 21. Really? And I quit drinking. Yeah. And so then I had kids. And so I've just quit doing it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'd be fine to have a beer or something, you know. But it, I, something I listen to you talk about in podcast is like you're either like no none. You Like if you quit drinking – it's, it's almost like you can't have a beer sometimes. Some people can't. Yeah. But and, not everybody. Yeah. And I don't – I think that I would be different, you know, now that I'm an adult. Because mm-hmm. at the time, it was a, a whole different thing. I I just lost my dad. I There was so many things I was going through. and Plus, it, at that age, society is heavily encouraging you to do that. Yep. And not really now. Yeah. Like, actually, your, your demographic now is – 
the a glass of wine. The yep. moms, the moms, and love their wine. Yep. And for me, it's like an IPA. Yeah. Like or whiskey. Yeah. But it definitely wasn't bush beer. <laughs> no, but when you're, I mean, between sixteen and twenty-four, those years are are delicate because the world's telling you to get fucked up. Yep. And but they're also telling you to go out and make something of yourself. So it's it's a very it's mixed messages. Yeah. It's a very tricky time. That's it, why there's so much depression and mental health issues in that those during those years. Yeah, I think and I think that's what a lot of it was is was battling depression. I didn't realize until I was 23 I, I went to see a counselor and he was like you're depressed and I had no idea that I was depressed yeah you just but, think that's how you feel yeah I had, well I was a sh- social drinker but I always managed to have friends to mm-hmm. drink with every night you know and so I but now looking back I'm like oh I was probably coping yeah you know that's what was going on as I was trying to cope and now as an adult I can figure out different things to do mm-hmm. I don't have to get drunk to have fun yeah it actually is not that fun it's not i tried to have a drink the other day and i was like i just took a sip and i could feel my face get red and you feel I was the like, burn down your chest yeah, i was like i do not want to do this yeah <laughs> i can't do not it ready and for I, that. I had my kids with me and i was just like i couldn't imagine like being intoxicated and having my kids, you know. I've never been drunk around my kids, I don't think. I don't get drunk a lot. The, I haven't had more than two drinks in a, in a day for years. Yeah. I don't, I don't think. I always say stuff like that on the podcast. And I'm like, <laughs> I hope I didn't just tell recently tell a story about a month ago when I got all <laughs> hammered or something. Like, my the way my brain stores memories is not always chronological. Yeah. It's like theme based mm-hmm. for some reason. So I like sometimes I don't remember stories in, unless I'm talking about something similar. Uh, but I'm pretty sure I don't drink much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I have I have usually a drink during the podcast because otherwise it, I just feel so nervous mm-hmm. that when I'm editing it later, I, I almost can't listen to it because I'm like, it, it just feels like humiliating for some reason, yeah. even though it's just like a recording that no one else has even heard. It's, <laughs> I don't, it's hard to explain. Yeah. But the, the alcohol is just enough to get me just like, a little bit braver. Yeah. And plus, a lot of the time, the, the guest wants to drink. Yeah. Um, and because they're nervous, too. I And I totally see why. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, if I wasn't driving, I don't have kids. You know, I just got so many things. I'm like... I love when people don't drink. Yeah. Because I generally don't. I've gone through years where I have had to say what you said. No, I, just, I don't really drink so many times. And people react sometimes really shitty. Yeah. And like, it's... Oh, check out this square. Yes. <laughs> like... Or, or, or just they assume right away that you're an alcoholic. Yeah. And I'm not. I've really never been an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. Yeah. Uh, like, um, but... The alcohol has, it just makes you feel so shitty. Yeah. Like, I don't like feeling bad. I yeah. like drugs that make me feel good. Yep. Like, that's that's a no-brainer <laughs> to me. My So my dad was, my when my dad died at 16, he had died of cirrhosis of the liver from oh. being an alcoholic. So, yeah, and then that's every, a motivator. Everybody on my dad's side of the family either died from an overdose or, you know, drugs of some sort. And so it's, like, just in my blood to be addicted yeah and but at the time i thought you know my dad had a great life he was a great person he was happy he was fun he was all these things but he had a 211 steel reserve with him at all times the 40 yep 
<clears throat> uh, well, no, he re- he really did the cans most of the time. Oh. Yeah. Was, was that 24? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was the first beer I tried. Really? It's it, disgusting. It is awful. I don't know how. It was probably the cheapest. It is. So. <laughs> I worked at Jack's. My first job was stocking, like stocking beer at Jack's um, was like one of my chores. And I remember the Steel Reserve was one that was like super cheap. I was like, I could afford this. <laughs> yeah. I used to fantasize. That's how I know I was a depressed teenager. When I was stocking beer, I'd never even, I had, I I'd tasted it. I knew it was gross. Yeah. Uh, but I would sit there. I'd like fantasize about when I was old enough to, to buy this on my own and just find some relief yeah. from existence. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's not a healthy outlook. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. It's weird. Uh, I thought, so my dad was really happy. He was just like a good person. Mm -hmm. And so I thought like my dad's tried every drug in the book, you know, like I found some pictures where I'm for sure he was either on Coke or meth. I don't know which one, but something. And you see the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's all got his crazy eighties hair and (laughs) like a a long night with Phil, (laughs) you know, is the description. Yeah. And your analysis sounds very astute. Yeah. And so I like, I was just like, you know what? My dad had a great life. I'm, I'm going to follow in his footsteps. And thankfully, I was able to reel it in so I'm not dying at 55. Yeah, you, you know? righted the ship. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was a fun lesson. Mm-hmm. And and now I've got it, all of my crazy out. Yeah. I'm sure there's still a little rattling around in there somewhere. You'll find it when you're in your 40s. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, I'm going to Hawaii next month, so oh, maybe cool. I'll find it there. Yeah. Maybe you find it in a good way. Yeah. I, yeah. You're taking the whole family? No. This is a, a girl's trip for Ooh. my best friend's 30th birthday. That's going to be fun. Yeah. Which, which island? Um, Oahu. That's the only one I've been to, and it's probably the best. I've never been to Hawaii or a really vacation like that so uh-huh. i'm pretty excited it it's awesome it's gonna be it, it's with my best friend so my uncle who it's his daughter so i've known her since i was really young and and then with her best friend cool that'll be a blast yeah yeah that's very similar to the trip i took there i went with jeff hilton okay um right after i split up with my first wife yeah uh actually not right after uh like four months after long enough for me to you know, fully grieve and then decide I'm going to fix my life. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so I went on the up and up. I was like, things are going to get better after this. And the whole time we didn't drink really. We just like, it was basically a a, a cleanse in just like one of the most beautiful places on the planet. And I felt great. I meditated for hours every day. We played in the ocean. I cut my foot on a broken bottle and I didn't even care. (laughs) It was like, it was a good trip. That's, I'm, they're like, you know, we're going to, we're going to go out in the town. We're going to do this. And I'm just like, but then they're like, we're going to sleep in. It's going to be quiet. We're going to lay on the beach. and Just do whatever you want. Yeah. We're, I think we're going snor- snorkeling with turtles. I'm pretty excited that about that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, I've done that once, too. It's really cool. I think it's going to be fun. I'm. Yeah. I think you probably have a blast. How long are you going for? Just four days. That's we all like have perfect. young kids. Yeah. So. That, any longer than that, if you, you'll miss your kids. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I kind of miss them right now, and it's been like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. I, I know. Mine, mine are in the house, and I'm ready to go see them pretty yeah. soon. It's like, and they're constantly annoying me. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Why? Why? Yeah. What, Mom? Can, yeah. It's, it's, it's a strange it's, paradox. It's like mm-hmm. when I'm around them, they're, they're on my nerves a lot, but mm-hmm. I always want to be around them. Yeah. They're, they're pretty awesome. Yeah, so I'm at that um, three months after separation. Mm-hmm. So you said four months. Yeah. I, I will. I feel pretty good. You Ooh, know, the good times are right yeah. around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, those first three months are kind of <laughs> touch and go. Yeah. 
How you doing? I'm good. Good. It, it's probably been a long time coming. Um, you know, things just aren't, you know, they don't work out, you yeah. know, and you can try and force them to as much as you want to. And sometimes things don't fit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nothing against either party. Yeah. It's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I, I really didn't have a lot of hard feelings against my ex afterwards. I, I still don't. How, how's the relationship with you, you guys are going to be co-parenting? Um, It's okay. So it's, you know, it's hard. That is hard. Yeah. yeah and I love him. He's, he has he can be a really great guy um but i he's not the perfect like the person for me and i know i'm not the person for him yeah um i've i changed a lot of who i was to fit into his world and to be the person he wanted me to be and and so it's it's been hard i'm so sorry that sucks oh well i'm just ready to move forward resolution is good yeah it feels really good yeah i'm very solid in my decision but so i'd left once before and then we got back together and then had a third baby and so now um i I think it's hard for him to believe that i'm gonna stick to it i don't blame him yeah that sounds confusing yeah yeah that's that's messy yeah i'm sorry you're going through that that sucks but that, you know, you're going to come out of it stronger. You're yeah. Learn lessons and all that stuff. People say the cliches are true for a reason. Yeah, he was like my first real relationship. And and the reason we got married is because he got a felony for selling weed in Utah. What a stupid felony. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he became a felon. And then he. Well, I mean, it is Utah. What was he doing selling weed in Utah? That's crazy. I, I know. Like the smallest amounts. And so he that should not be a law. It, yeah. So he's still a felon because of it. And so but in order for him to do his probation in Washington, he had to have family here. And so he didn't have family here. And so we got married. And you green card married a felon. Yeah. You're a good person. <laughs> and so, you know, I wasn't ready for our relationship to be over. And yeah. So I'm probably too good. I, I just, Relationships I, are tricky yeah i i have given up on trying to think they're supposed to be any certain way yeah there's no there's no wrong way to eat a reese's yeah you get it done how you get it done and it works or it doesn't yeah everyone's got their own way yeah but it's hard to figure out it is but don't lose hope yeah because it gets better i i really when i left my first marriage i was convinced i was going to be a bachelor for a long time i had a very set plan i was going to like Oh, I don't have to spend money on anybody else. I get to just save all my money. And I was going to start a a cannabis farm. Oh, yeah? Uh, Oh, yeah. In Northern California? I was going to do it here. Oh, okay. Uh, It was was, uh, 2015. So it was like, it was legal. Yeah. Actually, I was going to do industrial hemp. But I ended up getting married and starting a family instead. And that's way better. Yeah. But yeah. My plan didn't pan out at all. It didn't even last a month. I went to Hawaii. That was the first step of the plan. Yeah. And had a great time. Came back feeling really healthy and met my wife like yeah. the next day. And the rest is history. Yeah. You, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Are I'm, you are you excited to get out there and meet people? Or are you just going to be in mom zone for a while? I'm excited. I'm nervous because I have three kids. Yeah, that's tricky. And so I just, I don't want... I don't want to have a relationship with somebody who doesn't want to love my kids unconditionally. Yeah, you don't know, do that. Listening to the way you talk about your kids is, you know, keeps me hopeful that there's somebody who would want to. There's way more guys out there than you think that that want a family. Yeah. I have several friends who have been in that boat yeah. where it's just like 
gosh, you hear women talking about how there's no good guys around. And I, I know some. There are. Yeah. Like, they're just weirdos and they're hard to, to connect with. Yeah. You just have to really find them. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, my friend Colton. Oh, yeah. I've known for years he was going to make somebody a really good husband. And he's engaged now. Yeah. Uh, to Hannah Bolden. Yeah. A uh, friend of the show. I totally, when Cody was here, I totally mixed them up. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> easy, to easy to do. Easy to do. I felt really awkward after I realized who it was. Ah, they're used to it. I, I bet they are. Especially, the I bet, <laughs> yeah, Cody, after being gone out in Utah for years and then coming back, and I bet he gets out a lot. Yeah. Well, and I don't. I don't really know them. I like, you know, I know them as like the Chocolate Twins or mm-hmm. the Chocolate Brothers. You know, you so, were pretty quiet in school. Yeah, I like you weren't you weren't uh, trying to get a bunch of attention from people. Especially like we're older a little bit, not yeah. much, but old enough to where like, uh, yeah, I bet if you get, if you didn't pursue them, you might not have ever even talked. Yeah, no, I didn't. Oh, I was I was like terrified of Alex Mack, him, and I think Jeff Hilton. They're both With pretty, TAs pretty in my giant class. people in personality and physical size. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I had Mr. Garcia for Spanish down mm-hmm. in the dungeon. And Alex Mack and Jeff Hilton, I think, were the TAs. Uh-huh. And they were so intimidating. But they, yeah. like, never showed up for class, and neither did Mr. Garcia. <laughs> and so, but Didn't, then... Were you, was that the class where somebody gave him a weed cookie? Mm, I Somebody think it drugged probably, that teacher. It probably was. I mean, I had Ryan Blake was in my class. And, I like Ryan. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't talked to him in years. Um, I haven't either, but I liked him. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, he So he was in there, but and he was always giving Mr. Garcia shit. And, it, like, I was one He's of the scared. He's It's really hilarious. Yeah, and he can really get you. I haven't seen either of the Blake brothers for years. I haven't either. Hope they're doing good. Shout out to the Blakes. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, so, oh, what was I talking about? I don't Garcia's class. Oh, yeah. So he was in there. But he was, like, the new kid. And everyone was like, ginormous. oh, can't wait to see this guy dunk. And so we're, like, scared freshmen in the back. Like, please don't pick on us. Please don't pick on us. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he would, I mean, they would give, uh, like, Felicia, Danae, and Alyssa so much crap. And we were, Amy, Aaron Kelly, and I were scared to death in the back uh-huh. freshmen, you know? Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 yeah Alex and Jeff both are huge personalities. Yeah. Like they're a lot yeah, yeah, for I, anybody. I think I had my first conversation with Alex uh, just like a few weeks ago. And he's a sweetheart. Yeah. He's Yeah. He's I bet great. he made you feel great about yourself. Uh, yeah. yeah was, Every time I talk to him, I, I leave feeling better <laughs> about myself. He's a very – the energy he puts off is, is positive and it's – and he like – shares it yeah he like wants people to like themselves as much as he likes like, them yeah like it's it's good yeah he was we had a great conversation mm-hmm. it was nice to see him and alex because i played basketball with a uh, girl alex yeah and then alex mack the missus yeah and so uh but yeah it was weird for me being like the freshman yeah and then i'm like Oh, this isn't that bad. <laughs> I was I was talking about that a couple of weeks ago. There's this weird effect where the ages of the people you knew in high school kind of stick. Yeah. And it feels like they stay – like uh, Ryan Cadwell coaches my kids' sports. Yeah. Like a ton of them. I spent a lot of time with this guy outside of school, yeah. way more than I spent with him in school. Yeah. He was a senior when I was a freshman, and he was the quarterback of the football team. I was a freshman, and I was the center. So, like – um, quarterback, center, center snaps the ball to the quarterback, quarterback rests, you know, 
I basically center rest his balls on the quarterback's hand. Yeah. They're very close. Yeah. And that was how I met Ryan. Was like he liked the way I snapped the ball. I think was what was going on. And he's like trying to get me to play varsity. So he was like talking to my coach Ned, who is on the podcast last week, and um, trying to get me onto the varsity team. So I'm just like, oh my god, the quarterback of the varsity team is putting a good word for me with the head coach. It was like it was a big deal to me. Yeah. And that like cemented him in my head as like the cool older guy yeah and then like fast forward to like seven or eight years later we're both out of high school we're both adults he's shirtless and hammered uh (laughs) talking shit to me and we're playing beer pong (laughs) and i'm just like this is the guy this same dude and i couldn't get it out of my head i was like i still felt like somehow he was my social superior Mm -hmm. and i was just like what the fuck is going on here yeah i'm composed i'm in excellent shape this guy He's, like, trying to punk me, and I, I'm letting him do it. Yeah. And, like, you know, since then, we've we've come to be friends. But I still think of him as, as older than me, even though in the grand scheme of things, he's not. Just, yep. like, uh, but something about that is weird. And I was talking about that with Colby, too, because it's, like, he'll always feel younger than me. He's yeah. your class, right? Uh, He's a class above me. Class above you. Yeah. So, Annika. Annika Walters. Yep. That's your My class. class. Yeah. Yep. Um, you guys will always feel younger than me, even though you're basically not yeah, yeah. I, that's how i feel too i'm like this is probably gonna be kind of weird i feel like he's you know upperclassman and, exactly. and i'm the little freshman you know yeah. but then i'm like you know what you no, own a business and yeah you know yeah. i'm i'm like we probably have a lot in common you know way he's more like than i knew make he's he, a maker and i'm a maker you're you know? a real maker i'm trying to be i'm, I'm really i'm not a maker i'm a <laughs> no i'm, but, a, I'm a cog in the wheel <laughs> Of small government. That's what I really am. I want to be a maker, though. It's so much better. It's cool. It's, it's really cool. It's hard to put a label on it. I, w- I was on a ride, a horse ride, and they were talking about, she was like, so what do you do? And I was like, well, I have an Etsy shop, and I make, you know, like nursery signs. And she's like, so you're an artist. And I'm like. It's hard to call yourself an artist. And I wouldn't really say. Really um, and, and then I'm like, I guess, I guess I'm an artist. <laughs> you know, like. My whole table is, like, covered in paint. Uh-huh. I've got sawdust on me 90% of the time. Like, my hands smell like burnt residue from a laser. And I still have a hard time, like, I'm an artist. <laughs> yeah, what makes something art? I don't know. That's a tricky question. I feel like mine isn't art because it's reproduced. They reproduce the Mona Lisa. Yeah. Andy Warhol paintings are reproduced. Like, they're still art. I don't know if there's an answer to that question. I don't either. There might not be. I I think it's about the way it makes you feel. So I think for something to be art, it needs to evoke an emotion and it needs to be intentional. And not necessarily the intention that the artist had in mind, but like it needs to make you feel something. And if it doesn't, it might not be art or it might not be art for you. Yeah. Um, But that's like I've seen a lot of pieces of art that I don't personally connect with. But I can see where there would be someone who would. Yeah. Like, okay, that's art still. But it's like, it's also very subjective. I feel like when I'm making, so like the first time I made the nursery sign, I felt like it was art. That would be, I think, because it's creation. Yeah. Yeah. I came up with the idea completely on my own. There's no other ones on the market like mine. And so I I felt like it was art. I didn't think people would want to buy it, but I felt like it was, I was really proud of myself. And then, but so when I do projects like the sign, I feel, I definitely get a more artist feeling mm-hmm. it's exciting to make something like this because yeah. i don't do it so that's the novelty it, of it yeah 
I think you're right though. The, that first creation, like where you're you're not sure if it's even gonna work, but yeah. you're going for it anyway. Especially when you said that you're not even you didn't think people would want to buy it, but you yeah. made it anyway. Yeah. Which that that makes to me that tells me that probably was art because yeah. it's it's something that you just had to make. Yeah. Because it was in there and it came out. It was it, definitely a weird thing. I've sold over a thousand of them now. Ah, that's great. Congratulations. I, that's such a huge accomplishment. Yeah. I, I, I'm probably closer to 1,500. But, yeah, I mean. That's great. Yeah. And uh, never did I think that I would have that many sales. I'd see shops with, like, 300 sales. And I'm like, damn, what are they doing? And mm-hmm. now I'm like, yeah, no big deal. Just got to grind. Yeah. And I yeah. also sell digital files. NFTs? No. You should make NFTs. I, I don't know anything about. Oh, I'll teach you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been so obsessed. I, it's dry. It's actually, I had to cut myself off. I'm not going to talk about it. Go on. Go on. So I sell, so I just said, I bought an iPad so I could learn to like hand letter on the iPad. Uh-huh. And, um, you do calligraphy? <clears throat> I, I'm like learning. Calligraphy is so cool. It is. My I, mom does calligraphy. It's she beautiful. always has. It's really awesome. I'm So I'm learning how to make things like that. People by hand lettered digital files for lasers or whatever. So I just like, I came up with the idea of making a gingerbread house on the laser. So instead of it being like something that's edible and gets tossed away, you can make it and keep it for next year or whatever. And so I made the file and I sell it and you know, I've sold it 136 times and it's $8. And And you just have to make it once, right? Yeah. And That's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, I'm not creative enough to have like a bunch of those, but some people make so much money doing that because they are creative like that. You yeah. Know? So you're just, you do templates then basically. Yeah. And you sell those to other creators. Yeah. That sounds like where the money's at. It is. That you make a thing once and then it just sells and sells and sells. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. If I, if I, I'm not, I'm not super creative like that. So that would just happen to be an idea I had. Steal other people's ideas. <laughs> I just can't do it. Well, yeah, I mean, not steal their <clears throat> ideas, but conceptually. like Yeah. What I do for when I'm trying to stimulate some kind of creative energy is I just go look at what other people made. Yeah. And I don't ever feel like I'm copying people because it's I'm weird. So that, what I make is not going to be like what they made. Yeah. And that's how I do, like, if I'm making a cutting board for somebody, if it's, like, going to be for their wedding, I'll, like, look up wedding cutting boards engraved, and uh, I'll go through and find some things, and then I make my own. You get the vibe. Yeah. Kind of like working with a recipe. Yeah. If you know how to cook. Yeah. Like, you're like, yeah, this recipe's good, this, but I like a little, a little more crunch, so I'm going to yeah. add this. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And that's how it works with lasers. And I know how to do pretty much everything on the computer to make anything i'd want to yeah so do you it, cad is that what you I, I don't actually but i use um a light they're a light burn file so i use light burn to send my my okay. files over um i i use a lot of svgs i don't know what that is scalable vector graphic oh i do know what that is yeah i learned about that on a uh, con academy Okay. Have you ever done those? Mm-mm. It's like a free school online. You can learn all kinds of coding and math. I mean, it has like regular school, okay. ma- like regular math. high school yeah. math and all that stuff. But it also has like a more specialized stuff like how to code. They have this whole Pixar series that I did where it's like animation, 3D animation. Um, and I think that's where I learned that term. But I, it's cool. I did. It's all um, free. I did one where I paid or I did like the free subscription or something and then canceled it because I got charged $97 or something for or for six months. I can't remember. It was something silly, but it was really cool. I like taking classes like that where Me it's too. not 
uh, uh, no pressure. Yeah. You know, if I don't like it, I just quit. It's so much more valuable now that I have kids. Like yeah. the class time. I used to, it was like, oh, I want to sit here. But now it's like, I get to sit here and just do nothing but learn? Yeah. That's exciting. It is. Like, I don't get to do that much. <clears throat> that's one of my favorite things about having a newborn baby is because that's pretty much all you do. No one bothers you. Nobody bothers Except you. Except that damn baby. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, you just, they're easy to, t- for me. Depends on the baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess we that's We did not really have true. an easy one. Um, but luckily, I'm the dude and we don't do a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, my first, she had her days and nights mixed up for the first like five months oh my and god and i could not figure it out thankfully i was a stay-at-home mom so we mm-hmm. just went to bed around six o'clock in the morning and woke up at two in the afternoon and that was and just, just our just schedule felt like shit all the time anyway yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> was, you know, oh my god that sounds horrible yeah it was i, it, I we did okay you get through it <laughs> we made it people yeah. have been doing it since the dawn of time yep it's like you just figure it out she's a badass now so do you have any kids in your bed still Oh, they're all three in my bed right oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've still got a three-year-old. We actually, now we've moved her from our bed to the couch near our bed. Yeah. Um, but to be completely honest, I like having her around. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that she ruins my wife's and my sleep, mm-hmm. but to me, it's worth it. It's, it's, <laughs> I only get to do this once. She, she's not going to be there forever. Exactly. And it'll be nice for These her to times come back so and feel fleeting. comfort. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we all share a bedroom. So I just bought a king size bed and we all just share a bed. I'm pretty much just sleep on like the foot of the bed yeah. most of the time. But yeah. you know, I I we transferred them to their own beds and held hands all night and you know, did a million things. Our our daughters are actually like two months apart. Oh, two months apart? Yeah. So my middle one, mm-hmm. Adeline, is like two months younger than your daughter, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because I remember yeah. I was like nine months pregnant. That's right. Yeah, and um, we went, Brooke and I went on a walk. We walked from my house down at Pine Street down here to the park. Mm-hmm. And um, your wife came out with your newborn. And she was she walked with us a little bit. And Abby was like, ha- my, uh, who's now five, was having a meltdown and crying and throwing a tantrum. And I was like nine months pregnant, just like having a meltdown myself. And I felt so embarrassed. Now I'm like... Shouldn't be embarrassed about that at all. Yeah, now I know that I shouldn't be embarrassed. Now I'm like, is there anything I can do to help? (laughs) There's almost nothing that a a person under three years old, three years old or below, actually really even more than that, five years old and below, I don't think they could embarrass me in public unless they like call me out on something that's about me. Yeah. But when it's like people get it. They're like, oh, my God, this poor guy, he's trying to take this little girl to a bathroom in a restaurant. It's and he's so different like, for you, though. It is different. For, but for yeah, the, yeah. For they the judge guys. you way more. Why yeah, do they so, do that? So the guy's like, oh, what a good dad. Yeah. And the mom is like, I can't believe she would let her cry like that. Yeah, that's true. Why is that? I don't. I, uh, a similar they assume time. that I'm filling in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I, he's a substitute. Oh, he's not just guy. bad he at his job. Ha- he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. You know? He, he's choosing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's really sexist and not fair. It is. That is very true. I do the same thing. And no, I don't mean to. to. Yeah. You know? But so 
my daughter, uh, we were at Fred Meyer and she was, I was nine months pregnant and she was kicking my stomach Ooh. and throwing, throwing a fit, making it impossible. So I pushed her cart down the aisle and I walked away from her mm-hmm. to where she couldn't see me, but I could see her and people were walking That's by. That's a classic move. I do that all the time. Yeah. They, I pe- did it 20 minutes before we did this podcast. <laughs> they were so rude. I cannot believe somebody would just leave her like that. You know, just saying. Just, yeah. And You're going to just drive away and leave your daughter in Fred Meyer. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like. You know, it's better than me. Like, what? Should I rip her out of the cart and spank her? Yeah, exactly. And make her, make her listen. You know, like. Then you'd be in jail. Yeah. It's it's so, it's so, I'm like, now. You ever, as, you ever spanked your kids? I have. Yeah, me too. And it sucks. It does. It's I a, hate it. It is such a bad feeling. Yeah. There's some things that I feel like warrant it. And safety. I feel obligated to do it sometimes. It's. Uh, I mean, safety issues. My son, it was the biggest fear, ran into the. Um, it's called the hallway into the barn where all the horses were. Oh my God. When I had walked into the pasture just to kick out one of the mean horses, I came back in and he was standing in the middle of all of these horses, completely loose, running around. And I... That makes me feel so much anxiety just hearing it. Oh, it was awful. Yeah. Nothing happened. He was completely fine. But as soon as I picked him up, I was like, no, It it shook him. And then he started crying and then I started crying and I was just like, it was so emotional. Yeah. And I was, but I was so like, you cannot do that. You know, they need to know there has to be a way to communicate that intensity to a kid who doesn't understand it in context. Yeah. And pain is a really powerful teacher. It is. And it's not the same thing as injury. Yeah. Like you don't want to bruise the kid's butt, but a little spank is, is a quick way to say like, Hey, this is not up for negotiation, which yeah. in this day and age, most things are. Yeah. This is not. You're not going to go play around horse hooves, okay? Yeah. This is not something that you can do. Yep. And now you know that this is not something I'm going to waver on. It's like if it's about safety and it, it, it just – it almost feels like a responsibility. Like I need to teach this lesson immediately or, or I could lose my child. Yeah. Like it's it's important. Then then I really think it's okay. But it's it's not the same thing as child abuse. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's there's an easy it's an easy slippery slope if you let anger become involved. Yeah, if you're spanking your kid while you're angry, it's probably it's probably not appropriate. Yeah, and you'll feel that. Yep, like you'll feel that. Yep. Uh, but if you let yourself calm down and then you still feel like I have to teach the lesson, like something needs to happen. This is not I can't just let this go or it will become a problem. Yeah. Then you have to do it. It. it it's not the end of the world. And the kid actually like really responds to it. Mm-hmm. They're like, cause you have to tell oh, them like, shit. I can't do I that. hate this. I don't want to do this. And you're making me do this because I'm afraid that you're not going to remember this lesson unless I, unless I swat you on the butt. Yeah. Like, and it's like the buildup to it's really what all the punishment is anyway. Yeah. Like I remember that as a kid. It was not the, the actual spanking doesn't hurt. I get punched all the time by my brother. Weird fact. I was never spanked. Really? Not a single time. You must have been a good kid. I, w- I was. a. My mom said I was a really great time or really good kid. One time, though, she put Tabasco on my tongue and made my and smacked my feet. But my siblings were spanked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It was just like pretty normal. I was spanked so much that it didn't work anymore. Yeah. Like every like, day. like, eh, hit me. Yeah. Like I just expected it. It yeah. was just like part of my normal every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I had calluses on my ass. I wouldn't, I'm, I hate that. Yeah. You know, I hate, um, I, I couldn't imagine doing it. 
Um, Me neither, really. Yeah, but so like my. It's like, well, why was I do? Why was I acting out so much? What was going on? That's where I try, and uh, you try. It's hard because you know that how much stress your parents were probably exactly. under. Exactly. I don't hold against them at all. Yeah. Also, it says in the Bible, spare the rod, spoil the child. So get this. According to an article published in the Chicago Tribune, March 13th, 2005, the phrase spare the rod, spoil the child is not biblical at all. It was not from the Bible. Let's see. The phrase actually comes from a narrative poem written in the 1600s by Samuel Butler. The two main characters are planning on starting a love affair, and one of the characters asks the other to engage in sadomasochism and flagellation before she will go to bed with him. The actual quote is, If matrimony and hanging go by destiny, why not whipping too? What medicine else can cure the fits of lovers when they lose their wits? Love is a boy, by poets styled then spare the rod and spoil the child. Wow. I don't know how... This phrase got mixed up and confused with Bible stuff, but I found this pretty interesting because I've my entire life heard people use that phrase and quote the Bible. But there is a good chance that that the confusion comes from a misquote. So corporal punishment does not have its basis in the Bible. And when one examines this verse, he that spareth the rod hateth his son, one, one needs to understand that the tools shepherds used in this time were rods to tend their sheep. They used a crook to lift the sheep out of deep holes they'd fallen into, and they used a rod, a straight stick, to guide them. The sheep were not beaten with the rod. Why would you beat a sheep? Sparing the rod, in that sense, means that a parent must guide his child, his or her child, and teach them right from wrong. The word discipline comes from the same root word as disciple, and disciple is teaching, training, setting an example of proper behavior, and giving consequences that help a child learn how to behave better. The word punish comes from the root word that means to inflict physical pain. Furthermore, nowhere in the New Testament does Jesus tell parents to use corporal punishment with their children. Spanking is not discipline. It does not teach a child how to be a better person. It is punishment. And it teaches that the method of dealing with people who don't do what you want them to do is to hit them. It creates fear, and children do not learn in an atmosphere of fear. Oh, man, does that get misinterpreted a lot? Yeah. Like, yeah, that means you should hit your kids. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe it's just about principles. It's a hard line. Yeah. It's hard to know where, how how often, or I feel like I found a pretty good balance with, mm-hmm. I hardly ever spank my kids. Yeah, it's, I don't either. But I feel like, I also don't feel like I'm abusing them. No. When other people would call me, you know, an abusive mother. Probably people without kids. Yeah. <laughs> To be yeah. honest. There's some people who just, I don't know, they have like magic kids who are just super great. And they I don't want those never, kids. I don't know. Like, my kids are definitely going to be interesting. <laughs> There's yeah. no doubt about it. My kids are the type who are going to shake things up. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, they make a mistake. Like those, not just kids, but people. Those kind of people make mistakes. Yep. And those are the kind of people who change the world. Yep. For good and bad. Those are the kind of kids I want. Yeah. So at my aunt's house, there's baby gates up. And for one of a little girl who comes often, she just sees the gate and, okay, cool. And my son sees the gate and says, you know, pushes it over. How do I get through this thing? It's a challenge. And and she's like, we definitely need those types in the world. (laughs) You know, I'm. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. It's it's hard to parent them, but 
you know. It's a lot of work. It's a sacrifice that you're making for the world. <laughs> yeah. Because they re those really are the people who go on to do things. Yeah. Like they, those are the, the world shakers. Yeah. And that's those people are very important, especially, I, I mean, not especially now. That's a little hyperbolic, but all the time. Yeah. They yeah. really, I, I think, you know. I'm, I'm a mom, but I think they'll be pretty great. Hopefully I'm doing things right. <laughs> it sounds like it. I try. Yeah. I mean, you just do what you can do. You don't even know until it's all over anyway. Yeah. Like, you just do what you can do. Yeah. I listen to the way that you guys talked about your parents, and I'm just like, as long as I love them and I'm doing my best, I hope that that's what they they understand at the end of the day, that no matter what, I was trying to make the best decision always. The love is what sticks. Yeah. And like everything else, some of it stays, some of it goes, but you don't forget the way it feels. Like, I don't even remember who said this, but I recently heard a quote that said, people will forget what you said, people will forget what you did, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Was it a quote on uh, the it wall at... Really yeah. recently, I saw this. Something that most people have probably seen. It's Whoever's listening. T. Paul's Urban Cafe. Wait, no. T. Paul's Supper Club. It is the Supper Club. It's on the wall at the That's Supper Club. That's where I went to eat dinner the other night. That's exactly where I saw it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, good memory. <laughs> I, um, I remember it because it stuck with me. It's true. It, it is. It's really true. It doesn't matter. You know, some of the things that you say, yeah, and then the feelings... The, but the people you, you remember in your life who aren't your parents are the ones who either made you feel really good or really bad. Yeah. And and when it's your parents, you remember both. And yeah. Both ends of the spectrum. So if you if you balance it out to be heavier on the love end, the scale's going to drop that way, and yeah. that's what they're going to remember the most. And that's what happened with my parents. My parents loved us so much, and I never had any doubt in my mind. Like, yeah. It was it was just always very clear, and it made it to where all the other stuff didn't really matter it was always just other stuff just getting in the way of things just being us just like being a family who yeah. love each other it's 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 the way it's supposed to be things aren't easy yeah. things are never easy but love is a cure for most ailments it is yeah and yeah when you have kids at least most people when you have kids you just love them fierce that part's so easy it is it's weird it's hard because like um like my sister's a drug addict and so my little sister has is getting custody of her almost one-year-old and her seven-year-old and so you know it's like i go from how on earth could you imagine like how could you miss this like how could you not want to be there but then i think you know like if you're high on drugs you're not catching those little things. No. You're not sadly seeing. Sadly, you're not probably. You know. You're, you're thinking about other stuff. Yeah. The little things that make parenting so worth it, you're you're missing them completely. So I do get it. I understand, but. I, I get it too. It's I bet sucks. you it's that also with the fact that like when you're addicted to something that you almost feel like that is one of the crucial components of who you are. Yeah. So if you don't have it, you're you're something else and something much worse yeah. to, for everyone else. So it, it almost gets to a point where you feel like it's your obligation to find your drug so that you can provide yourself to everyone around you. And and if you and, and that's a delusion. It's not true. So yeah. if you're thinking that right now, it's not true. People don't actually love that stuff about you. They hate it. Yep. Um, what they and actually love about you is what you're – Covering up with those drugs. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. I think that a lot of people probably, if they could, they would get clean, you know. But then I feel like they'd feel uncomfortable back in reality. with. It is uncomfortable. Yeah. And That's so, the thing. So then they'd go back to where it's comfortable with the, you know, at the trap house or, you know. So it's, it's so hard because I've got a lot of family who 
is off on that other side in that other world. And yeah, it sucks. Too. It sucks because he's like, you know, you would be so loved and welcomed back if you could just make the commitment to stay over here. Yeah, it's really hard. It but is. It's supposed to be. That's life. Yeah. Like it doesn't really get easy ever. Yeah. And like, I think when people fall into that drug life they think all of a sudden things are easy because mm-hmm. it feels easy when you're high. It's yeah. just like, oh my God, finally, I found something that just takes a little bit of this weight off of me. Yep. And if, if you're a person who has grown up with that heaviness, that ex- existential weight that you just like, the weight of existence mm-hmm. where I don't know what it is exactly, but I have it and it's heavy. Yeah. Where like, you just, it's just some kind of a knowledge that, that what we're doing here is important and don't fuck it up. Yeah. And for some reason that really weighs heavy on people. And so if you've carried that your whole life and now suddenly you find this easy button, which I was calling it a little while ago, I I like that. Mm -hmm. You push the easy button and then suddenly things seem less heavy. And then, I don't know, you just get sucked in. Yeah, you keep pushing it. Yeah. It's not good. It is. It's easy. I mean, I remember after birth you know, taking the prescriptions that I'm prescribed, I'm supposed to take them, but I could feel like I could, I could absolutely be addicted to them. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it, but, and I'd have to like, really, like I'd stop taking my pain meds really early after my C-section because I, I could, I could feel myself getting sucked into there. And then I use them if I need, if I need yeah. it for back pain, you start to feel like eventually, like you feel like more like yourself when yeah. you're on them. That's yeah. bad. Yeah, that's and, not good. And you're prescribed a lot more after you have a C-section. I bet so that's it's, a huge thing. Like it is. Yeah, I actually extract the human from your body. It was it was an easier recovery for me than two vaginal births. So really? I, I but my case is a lot different than other people. Oh yeah. I think both I had both my girls their shoulders got stuck on my pelvic bone narrow and, pelvis or something yeah so it's called shoulder dystocia i'd have a, a male like a nurse come in and use all of his force on my stomach to push their shoulder down and under my pelvic bone that sounds really uncomfortable yeah i mean i don't i didn't bother me i i had an epidural and i didn't um I had been pushing for so long. I was just so out of it. Everybody else was super traumatized, though. Really? <laughs> they were like, you're not doing that again. We're doing so that. So you did that twice? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was probably really hard for your yeah, everybody. I, I, I'm thinking that's why my my recovery after those births was so much harder than my recovery from a C-section. Yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah. Man, childbirth is a trip. It is. I've I, only watched one, but it's it I, changed me. I went to training to be a birth doula. You have done so many things. I mean, I just try things that I like. And I love it. Yeah, it. yeah. Seriously, the coolest job ever is being a doula. Brooke is the reason I did it. I oh, yeah. was talking about birth and how much I liked it. And um, yeah, and so I, she was like, you should be a doula. And so I did, I did the training and everything. And I actually bought the laser to be like my backup income because uh-huh. being a doula is not very stable, you know? Yeah. And then it ended up not working or like I, my laser business took off and the doula thing, I, I got pregnant again and mm-hmm. it's hard to do that when you. Yeah. The pregnant doula is probably a tricky, tricky <laughs> it gig. Is. <laughs> it is. I, I've, but I've definitely seen, I've seen several births now and it's cool. It's amazing. It is so cool. <laughs> I, it's probably the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's the best room to be in. Yeah. The room filled with the joy after the birth of a baby, even when it's somebody else's, I, a stranger I don't even know at all. Yeah. I'm just like, 
you, yeah, you're it's like, like crying at a wedding when you don't even know the couple very well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, except times a thousand. Yeah. Yeah. It is a great feeling. Yeah. I, I'm a major fan. I, I'm happy that we're set with three, but if I didn't have a vasectomy, I could probably deal with one more. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't hurt my feelings if we got pregnant again, but I'm, my wife is definitely not in that boat. <laughs> I could, I feel like I could have babies forever because I just, I love babies. I, do I love, too. I love, but then they become toddlers and then they're assholes and it's hard yeah. to, they know. were assholes already, uh, <laughs> but now they're mobile. Yeah. And they talk. Yeah. <laughs> but I still love them. I know. They're just like, because they're so unfiltered, they're just refreshing. So I, I, just, I love them. They are. They're humans <laughs> at their most basic primal level where you're just like, you really get to see what humanity is and what it does. Yeah. It's, it's cool. My daughter is in the car today just like singing the most random things. And my mom is like, you know, people are listening to you, right? And she's like, yeah. You know, like she just doesn't care. Yeah. I, I want to live like that. Yeah, a I little wish, bit. I wish I could. It's so weird when you start to see that go away, and like, uh, like this is the daughter that's around the same age as Amelia. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Round three, they start to realize like other people's minds, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, what y- you see in your head is not exactly the same as what I'm seeing in my head." And like, when that starts to happen, it like opens up this whole new world of interaction with other people. Is that like mirror neurons? Could be, yeah. Mirror neurons are like, uh, I think it's more for motor systems. Like, oh, okay. uh, like if you see, actually, that might not be true. I don't know. I know mirror neurons are something we have, and like only a few other animals have them, like elephants and some chimpanzees or something. Yeah. Um, but I think they're about like um, replicating motor movements. Oh, like okay. if you're with somebody and they, uh, ah, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't feel right. I might have to look that up. But um, yeah. Could be something like that. Uh, like psychology, I think I took. Yeah, a I class. don't know. I used. I remember mirror neurons being something that I found very exciting. But it's been so long now. I just like <laughs> when you said that, I was like, oh, something I know about. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute, where is it? I can't yeah. find the knowledge. <laughs> it's rattling around in there somewhere. I but, definitely have that issue. Yeah. <laughs> with diesel mechanics, I could tell oh, you yeah. like maybe how to change the oil. Yeah. <laughs> I know where the starter is. Yeah. Uh, do, do they even have one? What's a glow plug? Like, well, I can tell you that. Yeah. All right. Well, I've had you here for over two hours now. Okay. This cool. has been really fun. Yeah. This, it just flew by. Yeah. Um, uh, as always. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's, you You would think it's not always that way. Oh. Sometimes they fucking drag like crazy. Even if it's people I'm like comfortable with. Yeah. It's, it's really more of just like sometimes you're just not in the mood to talk anymore and yeah it's like ugh, i'm an introvert i like i don't talk to people much so this is like when i do it yeah but this was easy it was yeah. fun and i feel like i got to know you a lot better and yeah it's like, this was really cool yeah thank you for coming thank you it was awesome do you want to cover anything else before we get out of here if you're thinking about branching out and trying something new do it just go for it that's excellent advice <laughs> do it try try new things branch out take risks all that good stuff Thank you so much for being a part of Ramble by the River. Talk to you guys later. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a review and a rating. If you want more Ramble by the River, go on over to patreon.com slash river and subscribe for exclusive content. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Which is just now, say it, which is just now. I'm young, I'm free, can't nobody take me here.
take